Hey guys, Matt from Back Yourself Fitness here and welcome to another episode of the Back Yourself Podcast. 2020, hey, how's it going for everyone? Pretty crazy times that we are currently living in. I hope everyone is safe. Hope we're all doing the right things uh, to stay safe so we can get over this coronavirus hump and keep pushing on with some normality in our lives. Um, The past couple of episodes I was pumping up, we have a very big announcement and we did have a very big announcement, but obviously that has had to be backburnered for the time being for us at Back Yourself Fitness, obviously dealing with everything that is going on in the current climate. Now, our goal for Back Yourself Fitness over these next, well, six months is we're going to keep everyone positive, we're going to keep everyone active, and we're going to keep checking in on everyone, be it clients that we train, clients that we have trained, friends, family, that's our goal. Make sure everyone's doing okay. Uh, I know it's going to be tough, uh, tougher circumstances for some people, you know, ourselves included. Um, but the main thing is, I need to make sure that my guys are okay, my friends, my family. Sam will do the same. Um, we want to make sure everyone comes out the other side of this in a reasonably positive mindset. Uh, we will be back open again. The studios will be back open again uh, once this is all done. But in the time being, we've moved into online programming and outdoor sessions. So if you are interested in keeping moving, um, send us a message and we can set you up on either online programs so you can train at home or wherever you are using the equipment that you have, doing things that you specifically want to work on, or you can come train with us in a park, get some fresh air, um, yeah, and still have that PT experience outside. Uh, But that's enough talk about Back Yourself Fitness. There's two... Uh, well, a couple of businesses that I want to give a bit of a pump up to. The first one being uh, Praxis Physio and Pilates. So I've done a couple of episodes with Stephen and Emma from Praxis. So they're still operating as allied health professionals. Um, I know some places aren't, but if you have your niggles, if you have your injuries or imbalances, please go and see them. They are operating operating out of their Tenerife uh, location and they're also doing telehealth. So operating online so you don't actually have to go in for some of the consults. So if you're interested in uh, getting your bits and bobs seen to, jump onto praxisphysio.com.au to book your service or just get in contact with them. Another one is uh, Mick from Stay Local Barbershop. So Mick has opened a second store that is a barbershop like no other. So I I dropped in there a couple of weeks ago now. It is a one-on-one booking, very much like a PT, one-on-one booking environment there's only you and him in the space you can have a drink you can have a a decompress you can unwind it's completely private it's just a chill out time frame you'll never see the next person it it is a a experience like no other and you can just just relax for a second which is really really good Um, all his booking information is via his socials mick by Stay Local, um, but if you go through the Stay Local Barbershop, there's links everywhere to the new booking um, barbershop, which is fantastic. I highly recommend. Uh, another little plug I want to give is to Tribe Coffee Co. So one of my clients, Mark, runs a coffee van, usually does the usual childcare, um, job site, schools, whatever, to come around, give people their daily coffee fix. So he's still doing that, still operational. Um, but during these coronavirus affected times, he's also doing house calls as well. So if you want a freshly made barista coffee brought to your house 
made out the front of your house, minimal contact, boom, there you go. Tribe Coffee Co. is the way to go. So I will put links to Praxis, Mick by Stay Local, and Tribe Coffee in the description of the podcast. Three great services, small business. We need each other. We're going to keep rolling through this together. Get out there, buy your bread from the local baker, stream your favorite band, buy their merch, use the butcher, uh, bloody see your PT still, all that kind of stuff. Woolies and Coles and Aldi and all that will be fine. Small business is going to need your help through these next few months. All right, today's episode. I'm not going to say very interesting because I believe all podcasts that I do, self-indulgent, are very interesting. Uh, But this is moving into a realm that I was so uh, not unsure, but I just didn't have the knowledge about. So I was genuinely interested in finding out some of these things. So I'm talking to Michael Adams today, who works with um, disability athletes um, to the point of he was running his own uh, powerlifting comps, disability powerlifting comps, and entering his guys uh, in higher grade powerlifting comps and then also looking at Special Olympics as well. So it was a completely different realm to what I'm used to training, uh, and it was it was very cool hearing how he operates and the daily ins and outs and how he approaches every session, and then how he programs weightlifting comps for disability athletes. And you can just hear in his voice the passion and love towards his clients because he can rattle off all his clients by name, past clients, their parents, their carers by name, he obviously cares about every single person that he comes in contact with. So Michael Adams, follow him on social media, The Flying Kiwi on Instagram. Um, you, you'll see just the content that he puts up. He's just having fun. He's just having fun. Uh, sit back, enjoy today's episode. Hope everyone learns a little bit and hope everyone has a smile when they listen to the stuff we talk about. All right, until then, enjoy the episode. All right, we are live. Michael, welcome. Thank you so much. Testing one, two, three. We're all good. Mate, we're live. Everything looks pretty good on my end. Happy days. Oh, mate, it looks really fly, actually, from my end, too. I don't have a big headset on, but this is a sweet setup. It's especially nice in the child mining room that we're in, but, you know, adds that ambience, I think. That's right. Like, I've got Barbie to my right. I've got rocket ships behind me. Man, I feel real at home. Like, there, there's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles over there. Beautiful. Man. Come on. Just relax. Just Chill, relax. Just chilled out. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> cool, brother. So what we do to start off every episode of the Back Yourself podcast, I'm going to ask you 10 quick questions. Okay. And when I cool. say quick, it could be yes, no answers, or you could go off on a tangent, cool, whatever happens, happens. Okay, I like this. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, hit me up. So this is going to be some of the stuff that relates to you specifically, some of the stuff about your lifestyle and what you do. So it could be okay. anything. All right. How many times per week do you train and what's your breakdown? Uh, probably five times a week, yep. uh, possibly six. Majority of the time I hit, uh, there's two separate like upper body kind of bench sessions, uh, a squat session, a deadlift session, a general arm session because I'm a male with <laughs> testosterone, so that just happens. Yeah. And uh, like a back session, kind of like accessories. Yep. So like more powerlifting style, okay. um, you know, heavy on the on the primary stuff. Yep. And then all the secondary exercises, just you know, more bodybuilding style, I guess, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So do you kind of use, not that this is the answer, but would you say compounds and then like 
accessories as not recovery days but definitely lower intensity days like less um, stress on the body or yeah i mean it depends on what's in my program so yep. uh, i work with um thomas Lilly on the gold coast i previously worked with um another guy brandon from epic coaching yeah cool and uh and they're both phenomenal with you know hitting you with the program here's what you should be hitting you know rough kind of rpe how mm-hmm. hard you should be going and uh just according to that is is what i go by so like i'm leading into a competition i actually compete on saturday this this weekend sweet um and uh you know the past two Two weeks has been really high intensity in terms of you know hitting singles and doubles on the big primary movements you know squat bench dead mm-hmm. and then um you know only kind of like a seven out of ten rpe for all the accessory stuff gotcha really easing everything off so mm-hmm. that once once i hit this weekend theoretically i yep. should be lifting not too bad so yeah cool yeah yeah it's, it's a good time but yeah depending on the where i am and the programming is where i mm-hmm. you know increase or decrease the uh attention to my accessories i suppose yeah uh kind of supplementary question that wasn't on my list uh how long per session are you like in the gym for depends on the session um my week's generally pretty hectic so like uh on a like during the week so you know uh, for a squat session i like to try and allocate probably like two hours because that's you know I, i had a previous back injury just uh some ql issues so doing a longer session for my squats and things like that just means I can warm up properly and yep. things like that. I'm not going to hurt myself and take plenty of time in between. And then uh, and for a deadlift session on the weekend, same deal, probably like about two hours. And then all my stuff during the week is one to one and a half. Yep. You know, the, the easier stuff or like a bench session doesn't take anywhere near as long. My bench is terrible compared to my squat and deadlift. So yep. like I only need like kind of like four warm-up sets and I'm, I'm up there. So yeah, gotcha. it, yeah, it doesn't take anywhere near as long to warm up is probably the big standard on there mm. so but yeah it's, yeah it's, cool hmm. uh what's an exercise that you think is underrated an underrated exercise mm. huh um by new coaches i think a front squat gotcha I think a front squat uh, gets you good range of motion uh, if you're if you're doing it properly, um, and does you a lot of really good stuff for your like, you know, posturally. So as like a secondary exercise, like as an accessory, really good for your upper back if you're doing it properly. If you're you know if you're sitting in properly, like mm. it can also be used like if you're in a back squat, you can't really get to that really low kind of uh, you know really good range of motion and yeah. like a back squat moving to a front squat can sometimes actually help you out because it changes obviously your balance um you know i'd say probably a front squat would be the underrated one by yep. by a lot of coaches but i mean you know all the really good coaches i know they all love chucking in a front squat you know the thing's good front yeah. squats are sick mm. but there are so many areas that people like you'll find out that people are weak on shoulder yeah. shoulder mobility core mm. strength like yep drive through the legs like it shines a spotlight on everything. Oh, yeah. But the number one complaint is, oh, it hurts my shoulders. Like, mm. just the bar. It's like, come yeah, on, yeah. come on now. It's, yeah, it's yeah. It's all right. Uh, I, I, uh, if you try and give them, like, a barbell front squat as well, and they're yeah. like, oh, hurts my neck. Like, it's mm. choking my neck. Yeah. Probably not in the right spot then. Yeah. You know, your airways are pretty crucial to yeah. you doing this exercise. As For it sure. Turns out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen all those videos of the guys on a front squat and they stand there like, yep, yep. And there's one particular one I remember and he's really gassed up and he's, oh, his headphones in and uh, and he steps up to the bar and he unracks it and he steps back and he like take tries taking in a big breath and then he just falls over backwards and he's just yep. fainted because he just put it right up on his windpipe. Like, yeah. Genius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like <laughs> big heavy movement, big compound movement. Yeah, and it's resting on your windpipe. That's right. Yeah. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, flip side of that, what's an exercise you think is overrated? 
And this could be your opinion. This could be what you've seen. This could um, be your experience with the exercise, like doing oh, you know, exercise. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I work in good life, so mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot of people that are you know, a lot on image and things like that. Yep. The old um, putting your forearm over the edge of a bench and doing these like little forearm no. like wrist wrist curls. No. Oh man, they jump in, and you see it quite a lot in it. And you see them like really roll the barbell all the way down their fingers, and then all the way back up. So they really get a good tense mm. on their forearm curl. <laughs> oh, it looks so funny. Yeah, I'd love to be like, what are you training for, bro? Mm. And if your answer is anything outside of, you know, grip strength, yeah, and yeah. dexterity, or yeah. I'm a professional yeah. arm wrestler. You'd exactly. Be like, All right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Like yeah, a yeah. professional farmer's carrier. Mm. You know, like. Yeah, that's it. Um, all right. Completely off topic. Favorite TV show. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Make you think. Ooh. I like this. Uh, favorite TV show. Um, one of my favorites of all time would probably be a toss-up between uh, Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z. Yep. Um, I didn't get as into Dragon Ball Z. I love Dragon Ball Z, but I didn't get as into it as I did with Pokemon. Like, I, I still remember the majority of, like, the Pokey rap. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't because I had the album. It was because I watched it so frequently. And in New Zealand, every morning when it was playing, they'd have... Uh, so they split out the Pokey rap 30 Pokemon each day that yep. they would rap out, and then you could actually put the whole song together. Gotcha. Right? And so I remembered all those from just watching. <laughs> just Im- so much. Oh, yeah, I was just so intensive. It was like 8.05 a.m. every morning at morning school care because my parents worked early. I used The TV used to be on. I used to just watch it intently. Mm. I used to just love it. Pokemon Season 1, my jam. Yeah, buddy. It was it was, it was good. Um, but outside of that, probably like Futurama and Simpsons really get up there too because yeah, cool. they're just so funny. And Rick and Morty. Yeah. Love me some good Rick and Morty. Yeah. Uh, back on the professional side of things, what times your day start? 8 a.m. 8 a.m.? Yep. So uh, Monday through Friday, uh, 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. Yep. Cool. Is, is my schedule. So that's when I book people in or when I run programs or whatever mm-hmm. the case. So I don't work weekends anymore. So super, super lucky. Cheering. Yeah. Um, and uh, generally speaking, I don't really train in the morning either mm-hmm. anymore. Sometimes I do. Sometimes on a Tuesday morning, if I'm hitting accessories. Um, I run back to back from eight till six on a Tuesday, sometimes eight wow. to six thirty. Yeah. Okay. Um, cause I only take one hour sessions and yep. they go, yeah, they're just all locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some times when I was like, well, I've got to hit a session. So I might come in at say six forty five, something mm-hmm. like that. And I'll start, have my pre at home train and then you yep. know, start with clients. Um, but generally speaking, I'm here from eight. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. How's, how's the brain at the end of a Tuesday? Oh man, I don't work. Like, I don't yeah. really work for a living, so, yeah. like, I don't really feel like I'm really that okay. sapped. Yeah, cool. Um, you know, most of the kids, uh, and, sorry, athletes that I hang out with, like, yeah. you know, they're all really, like, my friends, yeah. you know? So, I'm, you know, uh, I probably sweat more yesterday from wrestling some of uh, my younger <laughs> dudes with Down syndrome. Like, mo- there was three of them yeah. in particular that all just, like, love to wrestle. Gotcha. And so, in between sets, you know, we're wrestling stuff, and I'm finding I'm sweating from how much, you know, they're trying to go That's at enough. me. And, That's enough. Yeah, yeah, come on, man. I'm tapping out. Yeah. Um, you know, so, like, it's a very... Uh, it's a v- once the rapport is built and mm. they understand like what good behavior is inside the gym and things like that. And like, I don't really have to, um, how would you put it? I don't really have to be like a full safety barrier babysitter kind of thing gotcha. for them. I yep. can be more of a coach with them and mm-hmm. be more of a friend and they understand, Hey, look like, you know, you shouldn't be walking near those bars and things like that. It becomes very chilled out. And yep. it's, as you know, I, I get them training and I get them, you know, lifting all their weights and things like that. And, mm. 
you know after that it becomes very very cruisy so like uh, i think on a tuesday what do i have um uh i've got sean at eight cooper at nine joe at 10 talitha at 11 aiden at 12 alex at one uh cassie at two emily at three dom at four and then one of my gen pop clients pete at five yeah um but all of those athletes bar aiden and talitha all do powerlifting with me i can have you know great little chats with them and we joke around and we arm wrestle and we you know and it's just so so fun and then you know aiden and talitha are just both cute as a button they're just Mm. great to hang out with and you know they have a big play and you know talitha steals my nose and aiden likes telling me you know like about dr phil on tv you know so like it's really chilled out i don't really feel sapped at the end of the day because it's my my work stress is very minimal when it actually comes to the face-to-face stuff yeah gotcha so it's cool yeah cool brother um for you yourself do you follow any nutrition plans calorie count if it fits your macros any, any of that stuff got the big bag yeah man that's that's me for the day yep so um yeah i have um four meals um all of them have like um it's like 150 grams of just like winter veggies Mm -hmm. and then um 125 grams of rice and it's either kangaroo or like 125 of kangaroo or chicken Mm -hmm. and then if i have chicken i put avocado with it if i have kangaroo i put butter with it yep and add either yeah sweet chili or barbecue sauce yeah sick and yeah i have that and uh eggs on toast with bricky so yeah if i'm putting on weight uh, i have four of those meals a day Mm -hmm. and plus the eggs on toast if i'm cutting i take out one meal gotcha um but generally i can maintain on that uh, my like maintenance weight is me having four five meals a day so the eggs on toast plus the other four Mm -hmm. and then if i need to put on more mass i'll add in like a shake or something like that on top of it which kind of levels out to about the same calories as like having like six meals yeah gotcha. and that's where i start slowly putting on weight so if i'm in like a you know a uh, big hypertrophy phase and in, in mm. my powerlifting training or whatever i'll i'll add in more food and generally speaking i'll like slowly inch up with my weight but i don't ever really feel bloated or yeah. anything because i eat the same thing literally every day for like the past five years and that's what makes life so easy oh, with food man, routine man yeah. it's so easy yeah it's lovely yeah. yeah um what's an exercise you're bad at that i'm bad at mm. Um, touching my toes. Yep. I'm a really immobile guy. No, I'm not that immobile. Um, but uh, an exercise I'm probably bad at is like um, can it be like a cardiovascular? Right, go for it. I'm not bad at burpees, but I don't like them. Mm-hmm. That's probably another way to put it. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, I'm not a bad runner. I'm not a, like I. It's not like I. I'm. I'm not horrendous at anything. Yeah. I guess. But like, you know, the big stuff, like, you know, doing, oh, you know what? Doing an overhead, uh, overhead squat. Yeah. I can do them okay as long as, um, as long as my shoulders and hips are playing nice for the Mm. day. But generally speaking, like as a comparative of like what I back squat and what I front squat, I should be overhead squatting way more. And I just can't. My upper body is nowhere near as strong as my lower body. Yeah. Overhead squat, man. That's a pretty gnarly move. Like if front squat is a step up from back squat mm. and then you got overhead squat is a whole nother realm oh 100 like, yeah 100%. it's gnarly yeah very very taxing on the old shoulders yeah I, I met a coach actually uh a few years back and the way he programmed out was instead of him trying to get people to do a back squat and then them getting the back squat up and then they drop the intensity and go to a front squat and then they go all the way back up and then they drop the intensity again they go for a overhead squat and then mm. they work their way up he coaches it 
the other way. So when he ha- has his first people in, he'll get them in for like just broomstick and yep. whatever, make sure their range is good and work on and everything. And then start them off with a overhead squat for mm. the first six weeks. And then after that, they go to a front squat. They're like, oh, this is so easy. Yeah, yeah. And then sure. they go to a back squat and they're like, oh, this is so easy. Playing tricks on the mind. Yeah, dude, yeah. It's, it, it, which is quite clever. But in saying that, the uh, he only really gets a lot of athletes in. Yeah, okay. Um, and so that's why he can program that way. The average person, if they walked in and you just said, Here's a broomstick. Put your bum on the floor. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just like, that's not going to work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they go, you do it. Like, no, you do yeah, it. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, what's, in st- what's a style of exercise that more people should be doing? For bodybuilders? Go, anything. Cardio. Like, yeah. And for, or like, you know, for any gym bro, they should be doing more cardio and legs. Mm-hmm. For any yoga bunny, they should be doing more weights. Yeah. I think a lot of people go really, really hard in the rabbit hole of one side of the equation mm-hmm. when both of them are really, really good for you. Mm. Um, you know, I there was uh, one particular powerlifter that worked here at one stage. Uh, yeah, he, he all he did was lifted weights. But you know, it, it was fine. Like he lifted weights, like cool as you know, go for it, mate. Mm. But um, you could hear him panting as he walked up the stairs from yep. the food court, and like you would be like a few steps behind him, and you could hear the. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, <laughs> mate. jump jump on that treaty. Like yeah. I don't care how much you deadlift, bro. That's yuck. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Improve <laughs> like, your life. Yeah, that's it. Like, you know, you're meant to be this pinnacle of health and fitness. Like, I don't care how much you can deadlift. Like, mm. you know, can you, if you were going to have kids, can you chase them around the yard? Exactly. You know, like, yep. you know, you know, if you need to walk a short distance instead of, you know, catching a, a cab or an Uber, can yep. you do that? You know, probably not. You know, like. It, it's the mm. it's the dangerous thing of people avoid things they're bad at. Yes. Which is cool. That's fine. Like, mm. I understand that. But. If you're bad at something, that means you have all this room to improve over here. And then if you're going to keep doing something that you're good at, your room for improvement is only so yeah, it's much. Only minuscule, yeah, 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 percentage-wise. Like I remember I started doing yoga. Like I did yoga for like two or three months. And I sucked, like <laughs> bad. And like I was sweating and my range of movement was horrible. And like I'm not saying like anyone older than me shouldn't be able to do it. But like there's people in their 50s and 60s and they're like pretzeling themselves. Yeah. And I'm over here as a 30-something going, well, I'm sweating my ass off. Yeah, that's it. And then same thing, I've just started doing like reformer Pilates. Same thing, like shakes and struggles. and Hurts, yeah. yeah, Oh, man. Pain. So my advice would be if you're bad at something, just do it a little bit more often yeah. and don't be as bad at it. 100%, yeah. I, I went to a, uh, my my uh, other worker, Sam, and I went to like a uh, uh, a Lululemon event and mm. they had like a yoga thing. It was, you know, mindfulness yep. and all that stuff. And we walked in and we're like, oh no, like, you know, there's all these yoga bunnies in there and there are a couple of guys that look quite long and lean and mm. we're like, oh no, we're going to get done. And there was this one guy that walked in. He was quite muscular. Like mm. he was a big guy, big quads and things like that. And we're looking at him like, oh, okay, like, we're not going to be the only ones. Yeah, that, we'll stand like, next to that you know, guy. Yeah, we'll stand next to him. And uh, and then he. But uh, when we went to start, the lady at the front was, you know, kind of standing there, like, "All right, guys, you know, take your positions." And so Sam and I have gone straight to the back of the room. Yeah. And this guy has walked up, gave this chick a kiss on the cheek, and then sit up right in front of him. And we're like, "Oh no!" Yeah, he's a pro. Oh no, he <laughs> knows who she is. And then you know, like we get halfway through, and you know, the movers, you know, like, "Oh, put your uh, left uh, little toe inside your yep. right earlobe," yep. and you're just like. Hey, how are you doing this? And you see the guy at the front just perfectly poised, mm. you know, one foot's in the air and just, how are you doing yeah, that? doesn't you know? make any sense. No, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, like scratch your forehead with your toe. Yeah, and exactly. you're like, how? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And that's the thing, like, 
Pilates and yoga is so not left field, but it's not your mainstream kind of. I'm not mainstream, but it's not as you know big as like weights are mm, or mm, go yep. for a run. You yep. know what I mean? Like not many people go. I'm going to do a yoga session today. Mm. You know, it's I'm going to go for a walk or a run or whatever. Yeah. So so many people struggle with those two ex, those two forms of exercise, mm. yoga and Pilates. But those things can help you with all the other shit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I and I'm definitely guilty of of um of avoiding stuff I'm not good at, like, you know, the yogas and yoga and Pilates and stuff. Mm. I also don't enjoy it because it's uncomfortable, but it's uncomfortable for me because I don't do it, you know? So exactly. it's, this, it's this bad cycle and things yeah. like that. I think uh, the worst stuff I've seen of it, though, is that is people that pretend to do it for socials. Mm. That's where it really gets me. There was one particular young one that uh, would come in here and uh and on her instagram story would be you know all these you know like oh you know starting my yoga session you know she's got the outfit on mm. and, and all that sort of stuff and um you'd see her stretching inside the gym and like the same if not possibly worse mobility than myself yeah gotcha. you know like couldn't even touch toes couldn't do this and like but she's posting for like a year and a half Gotta worth get those of, like likes, i'm brother. a yoga bunny and blah blah, blah. and it's like yeah, like, cool. Like, maybe, you know what? Maybe she just had really, really terrible range of motion and, you know, that was her improvement state or whatever the case. Mm. But, like, every time I saw her inside the gym, her stretching was really half-assed and there was just a, constantly a phone in her hand. Yeah. And so I might be pushing a stereotype, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I think social's really just pushing that, you know, like, make it look for like... For sure. Yeah, you for know, sure. like, you go for a hike now to get the shot for insta mate you know, like <laughs> I, i've done boot camps before at, on hikes or beaches and people are recruiting other people to take photos or not photos the photo yeah you know <laughs> what i mean the and there's only one exactly i was like oh, okay come on guys let's yeah what, let's, what's let's move guys yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> uh second last question of this first run what's a food you can't stand um all good uh, put it in front I, of you i don't mind food yeah, yeah sweet. i i once had raw eel Ooh. in in japan mm. um look not the greatest tasting mm. so that's probably like my my worst one but um i see like some of my friends will do the old um uh you know oh like you know i was in uh bangkok and i tried a cockroach and i'm like no no i'm out yeah so yeah. like if that's what we're also classifying as food that's where i draw a line gotcha yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. outside of that probably just like I like spicy food. I just can't deal with like heavily, heavily spicy food. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. last question in the first run, how many coffees a day? Dude, one. One? Some, sometimes two. Like yep. if, it's a, if it's a long day. Um, but if, if I have, for example, uh, if I'm going to train like on a Wednesday, I go train with my big squat crew um, over at Valhalla with, you know, the Epic crew yep. and stuff. And that's awesome, you know, being with big, strong, lot of uh, people, you know, some, they all outlift me. So, yep. you know, I feel like I'm trying to chase them. Mm. Uh, but if I do the... You know, if I've got that session, I might have like a little amino energy, like mm -hmm. when I first get to the gym. So that's at like, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, like to get out there for 11.30, I might have like a pre-workout while I drive. Gotcha. And then that'd be my caffeine for the day. Otherwise, you know, on, on a Friday, I might have uh, just a coffee kind of like 10.30, yep. 11 o'clock. Just to keep you going? Yeah, just, you know, like a little pick-me-up or mm. whatever. If I, or if I'm transitioning between here and Castledine because I work between the two gyms yep. or whatever. You know, so oh, at the moment, I'm probably averaging two, mm -hmm. two coffees a day. But generally speaking, it's only one. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah. Um, mate, easy. First ten, first 10 questions. Sweet. Done. Done in what, like 20 minutes? Nailed it, 21. <laughs> Classic. Um, <Yeah. laughs> all right, cool. So 
from here, the conversation is going to flow through a different area, a couple of different areas. We're going to mm-hmm. look at what you do, why you do, how you do, or a couple of ins and outs, things like that. I want to start nice and broad. I'm going to let you paint a picture. Cool. What does Michael Adams do as a trainer? Um, uh, the the current kind of like joke is I count push-ups and sing the wiggles. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I am essentially a strength and rehab coach for uh, young people with special needs. Yep. Um, my specialty is probably under the age of like 30 yep. is the majority of my clientele. Uh, you know, a bunch of school leavers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Some are still in school. And uh, I just like helping young kids get stronger and being able to move better. Yeah, cool. And, you know, like just they're all really my friends. Yeah, sweet. It's, it's really, really fun. Um, so, um, do you train? So this could be an ignorant no, question. Yeah. Do, you, do you train like able-bodied people as well yeah, like as gen pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man yeah yeah so uh, i've got five uh five people that are just gen pop clients mm-hmm. that i've trained for like you know four or five years yeah so they've just, they've been with me for donkeys uh, i think a couple of them have been with me seven yeah okay, gotcha. so you know like it's um i've got a couple of those like really long termers and as the gen pop got like i kind of moved more into the special needs mm. kind of side as the gen pop guys have kind of dropped off um you know i've had a few have just like changed jobs there have been two that have moved Mm. um you know some just you know couldn't commit anymore and like uh, hold no grudges against anyone um but i've never really tried refilling their spots Mm. does that make sense like i I don't do any marketing or anything like that i post lots to social for sure but all the stuff i post to social is just my work with uh, people with special needs and so like it's just that's kind of the clientele that now approach me and so gotcha. i just slowly refilled those what mm. was gen pop with now special o, special o stuff so yep. yeah well off us having a couple of conversations and knowing a couple of places you work i can think of three places that you work like work out of yeah so how many places do you actually work out of it is three yeah it is three yep. yeah so uh good life Chermside, where we are now mm-hmm. uh in the beautiful child mining room kids room yeah and uh good life castledine as well mm-hmm. so i'm there every monday wednesday and friday afternoon uh i just transitioned over there i used to be the fitness director there uh, and so that was where i first started looking after some of the athletes mm-hmm. um that i met them through their school and uh so i work between those two and every monday wednesday friday afternoon i'm at castledine for some of my young ones so for example one of them is really bad vertigo yeah hates the idea of windows and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff and so we keep them away from windows and things castledine is all just one level mm. you know term side we've got like the big food court yeah and big view and stuff Glass, outside so yep. he just does not like it at all mm-hmm. so i keep him over there and um you know it's, it's just a bit more accessible for a couple of the other kids so i, I just keep castledine for that so yep. it's an extra bit of rent each week but like you know it, it, the, i think the change of scenery and stuff is nice for me as well but yep. over the course of time i'm hoping to really get them all into one club all just inside side sure. i yeah. think would be the eventual goal uh and then that way i can you know the transition time i do have i can then reinvest that into having more availability for more exactly you know travel travel time and stuff yeah yeah so like today i had uh i had three one hour sessions before this mm-hmm. uh got to go catch up with my mum and my gran had yeah, a coffee cool. with her and then i uh, came back up here catch up with you i gotta go over to Chermside. i've got one there this afternoon usually have two so do a two hour block there and then i come back to Chermside for my evening sessions. Oh, so go to Castle 9 and then come back. Go to Castle 9 yep. and then come to Chermside. Yeah, so yep. I go to Chermside, 
and then cast it on and then jump side. And in between that, on a Wednesday, usually I'm training with the squat crew, but uh, I've got my comp this weekend, so it's now rest time. So, yep. so we could fit this in. So yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, it's it is three. So uh, good life jump side, good life cast it on. Every Monday and Thursday morning, mm-hmm. I'm over at Bray Park PCYC, which is where we run our Strong Hearts program. Mm-hmm. So we run it out of there. Um, four hours you know half an hour for morning tea half an hour for lunch and we just play sport and and run around so it's a very different landscape to in here but the same feel of you know it's just meant to be fun and and you know the all the kids not realizing really that they're exercising yeah yeah well that can roll perfectly into the next question so what is strong hearts yeah so sorry coughing up um so strong hearts is basically my um disability sport program basically Mm -hmm. so we operate out of uh like it's like a big basketball court and like boxing room and Mm. and they've got a big gym and stuff all that there and uh basically we run a big program of all the kids interacting in like a nice social kind of feeling environment kind of meant to replicate a little bit of school uh where they all kind of arrive at roughly the same time and they see all the same friends and they do activities together and they learn leadership and social skills and and all that sort of stuff amongst playing sport and games and you know so for example on monday uh we all arrived uh we get there just before nine o'clock all the all the athletes start arriving from like nine onwards and as they slowly trickled in we were either shooting hoops um we set up like they've got big uh gymnastics tumble mats so we set that up in a huge grid and uh you know and then we what do we play first um, I think we were shooting hoops for a little bit and then we played some cricket. So we played cricket for half an hour, 40 minutes. Everyone got a turn bowling, everyone got a turn batting. And mm-hmm. then if someone missed a ball, we'd throw it in a different direction. So different kids had to, you know, it's it's uh, fine motor skills, you know, with a tennis ball. Yeah. And then, you know, we might change it over to gross motor skills with a big ball that they have to catch or, yeah. you know, like balloons or whatever for balloon volleyball. Mm. And then it was morning tea, 10 till 10.30. And then we played What's the Time, Mr. Wolf. Um, then Red Rover, and then Duck Duck Goose. And Duck Duck Goose is a hectic game when, yep. when everyone's giggling. Yeah, I can and imagine. Then, yeah, yeah. And then lunchtime, and then a little bit of dancing during lunchtime. So, you know, they all get to pick a song, and they all get up and have a bit of a boogie while mm. everyone's snacking down, and just gets more of them moving and feeling more social and things. Yep. And then, um, went, then we went back out there. I think we played another round of Duck Duck Goose, and then we also had... Um, just like a bit of free time, just shooting hoops and, mm. and doing all that sort of stuff. So, um, like, it's there's just lots of different sport, but the big thing is putting responsibility. You know, oh, okay, it's going to be Talia's turn to uh, be it for this game. What do we have to do? Who has to be where? Yeah. And they start kind of sorting themselves out over time and kind of pulls them a little bit more out of their shell, putting them into a bit more awkward situations or difficult or they have to really think and interact that's what we want to try and give you know a, a place where they really feel like they belong you know something that they, they feel comfortable they sure. feel like they want to be there and see their friends and mm. yeah so it's gone really well is it something that you set up or came into yeah. or no it's mine yeah so sick. we just had i just had a whole bunch of athletes um that were all coming to see me at the gym and i was like man like i was it would have been October 2017, Mm -hmm. I was in a session with young Ellie and her mum Kay. They were both in the gym and I just turned to her while we're on the the second row of treadmills on the edges. I remember real distinctly, I just turned and said to her, 
you know, it'd be really cool just like reserving a morning for the kids to come play sport. Yeah, for sure. And Kate was just like, yeah, that'd be really good. We should totally do that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. And we just Googled a couple of places. And then, uh, yeah, first up, we went out to uh, Bracken Regional Sports and we were there for, uh, you know, about two years. And we've only just recently started at Bray Park PCYC. Mm. So uh, Bracken Ridge have their own sport program now, which is really cool for uh, people cool. with disabilities and, yeah. and stuff like that. So they're doing really well there. And, yeah, we've moved over to Bray Park PCYC. Um, it's a bit more space and things like that. Um, but, yeah, we've got our spot there now uh, as we've, like, slowly expanded. And for sure. So it's really cool, man. Yeah. Um, just really trying to, like, it's – because we don't have to run by anyone else's framework, we're so malleable with what we can do for the activities for the day. You know, we can really cater to whoever's there. You know, we've got mm. young Callum comes on a on a um, Monday, so we wheel out like a little hoop that he can reach and a couple of the others can reach. Gotcha. You know, but on a Thursday, everyone's a bit more mobile. So, you know, it's a bit more, you know, like it's like stuck in the mud and, mm. and you know, soccer and yeah. things. So it's, you know, we, we play to the audience and, and, you know, try and shuffle the order of things and slowly add in new games over time and just teach all the, you know, teach everyone to really make sure that they really interact and they feel like they're a part of something like the you know they were all leaving school and basically they never really had anywhere properly to go unless they were going to a care program which mm. you know and some of them are great don't get me wrong inside inside brisbane you know some of them are amazing but uh you know there's some you know not not horror stories but you know some of the programs that are more of a babysitting service you, know, you of know, course the, yeah the kids are brought in in the morning and they sit them down and you know they turn on shrek and give them a coloring in book you yeah. know and, and that's just not my game i don't like people being taken advantage of or them not enjoying themselves and, mm. and you know i want them to interact and, and well, you, you know i have so much fun there yeah, as exactly. well you know so like i know that they're having fun if they're having fun then i start having fun that's kind of my gauge of like happiness per hour you yeah. know and um you know if they're all really enjoying themselves i know that they'll come back mm. and um you know i want them to feel like they're they've got their own little family their own little school family that they you know missed after they left school anxiety is huge for sure what do you mean we're not going back to school what like you know mate for normal people it's like school's done what do yeah. i do with my life now yeah that's it yeah, so yeah. i shouldn't say normal but you know what i mean, oh, like, general no, I get what you mean. Yeah. like gen pop yeah dude and people want to feel like they're a part of something yeah everyone does significance man you know rule number one of like tony robbins or whoever it is you know number one of life is like people just want significance mm. they want to feel like they're more than just themselves. Well, that's like, I you can't know? think, there, there are probably some out there, but off the top of my head, I cannot think of any special needs like sporting clubs, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, there's four teams in this comp that play like a round robin every week. So yeah, the fact okay. that you're like, you're incorporating the sport, like different kind of sports and games mm. and stuff, like there's that little bit of competitive nature. Mm. It puts them in like a different environment, like you said, but yeah. you know, they've got to be out there making their own decisions and yep. responsibility. And I can only imagine it would be a shock to the system if you turned up tomorrow and went, cool, here's six new games we're going to play. Yeah. I can right. only imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's odd. Yeah. yeah. Um, was working with disability clients always the path for you or how, how did it morph nah, into? Nah, man. I was, I was that PT that when I first started, I was like, I'm going to train elite athletes and real hot chicks. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, that's the general thing when you're first studying. That's what everyone wanted to do. Yeah. Um, you know, or we're going to train bikini competitors mm -hmm. or, you know, we're going to train, you know, like the NRL essentially and stuff. Yep. And I had those ideas and I did, you know, my, um, you know, strength and conditioning and, and yep. all that stuff. So I did like a diploma fitness. So it was two years worth um, and uh, of like full-time study. And we had like... Um, as one of our electives, we went out to 
Mount Gravatt and we got to spend some time with some of the um, kids from the special school there and we just got to say hi and they yeah, just cool. played a little bit of, you know, they were just playing some sport together and that was a part of our little cert. It was mm. one of the electives. And, uh, and that was cool and I was like, oh, this is quite nice. Never really thought of it again, but I got ticked off on my diploma as, you know, like special needs, whatever the actual code was. Um, and then outside of that, I just got into the industry. I just started training gym pop and just, you know, circuit training and weight training. And I started, uh, I did my own bouts of bodybuilding and then powerlifting and strongman and CrossFit. And mm. I tried all that sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, back in 2015, I had a teacher from the local special school at Castle Nine came along, Janine. And she just said, Hey, look, we've got a bunch of young kids. Uh, they're all in grade 12. Um, they're all getting a little bit on the larger side. Uh, we really need them to do something. I want them to be able to go to the gym after they finish school so that they can stay healthy. Cause otherwise they probably won't. If we don't instill that habit now, yeah. we won't get to do it. And so uh, my boss said, yeah, Mikey will set you up. I was the fitness director at the time there. And she goes, hey, look, can you find a PT for them? And I looked at the board and I was like, oh, sorry. Like no one's qualified. Mm can't help out you know and uh and she said aren't you qualified and i was like oh as fitness director my job is to make everyone else busy so i had taken myself off the board there and i was like oh yeah like i'm qualified duh and Mm. so um so i just did that and after the first like two hour kind of spot we had man i was hooked yes you know kind of volunteered my time inside my fitness director hours and just looked after them and and yeah i after about four or five months um a couple of the parents so um it was alex and joe's mum and dad uh brian and uh brian jenny chris and pete all kind of um approached us and just said hey look like do you do this on a one-on-one basis or two-on-one and i said yeah like oh i'll give sure. it a whack yeah, for yeah. sure i like alex and joe you know see how it goes and uh yeah alex and joe were my first two still have them to this day i've got them in about two hours time yep um do they train at castle night they train they train at both. Yep. So uh, I train Alex at Castledine at 4 p.m. on a Monday um, and then Joe at 10 on a Tuesday here at Chermside mm. and then Alex and Joe on a Wednesday uh, at Castledine. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, yeah, they're between the both. Mm. And uh, yeah, they're like my first two and like I've still got them to this day. Yep. And, you know, the parents are beautiful. They're incredible humans and they just want the best for, for their young ones and they want them to be fit and healthy and strong and you know, the big goal is to make sure they walk out of the gym with a big smile on the face because if they associate gym with happy, it means that they're going to, you know, really progress and they want to keep coming back to the gym and they're going to associate that happiness feeling with feeling, you know, strong from mm, for sure. doing exercise. You know, and so. that's something that everyone can take away, like regardless of disability, a fully abled, whatever. Mm. If you, if you create a healthy relationship with something, like if you walk out feeling, feeling accomplished, if you walk out feeling happy with yourself mm. and create that relationship, whether it's you going for a run, a boot camp, training with a friend, training with a PT, mm. that is so much easier to keep going. It's when people create this negative relationship with food mm. or training, yep. it's like it's the, the world's biggest challenge trying to get people to take steps forward because yep. they'll do everything to not do it. Yeah, absolutely. They associate it with negative feeling. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, give me an idea of the, the range of disability that those clients have uh yeah sure um so ranging from like uh for example young talitha has uh, a few different conditions that she mm-hmm. deals with you know between skin and and you know muscle tone and all that sort of stuff uh she had a full hip reconstruction when she was 18 years old oh yeah, well um and how is she now sorry 21 gotcha 21 um and so she you know had that full hip reco and i was looking after her a little 
at, when she was at school mm. and then she had a hip reco after school and then parents came to me and said hey look we've got this physio program blah 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 can you help out Talitha in the gym I was like yeah look I'll give it a go so mm. she came in at first in, in like a wheelchair and um, and yeah we slowly had to tease her out so like it wasn't just myself like there's a big team of people helping her out yeah. but over the course of time between the big network of us you know she went through a rehab and you know get her standing on one leg and get her you know walking by herself without aid and you know, now we've got her up to you know she can carry a ball around the gym and cool. stuff. so now she can carry her own ipad around the house and yeah things like that so you know improving quality of quality of life yeah i guess so um but yeah so that was like you know uh, all the way from like you know post-surgery in a wheelchair you know like growth impairment like you know she'd mm. only come she'd barely come up to pass my hip mm. you know um um, all the way up to, um, you know, I've got a couple of guys with, you know, like just mild intellectual impairments. Um, you know, they can't, uh, like the communication between their brain and the, and their coordination is, you know, quite minimal. Mm. And so, you know, it's just more making sure that they're in a good position and stuff before they lift, but it's being very patient and yep. getting them, you know, but like, um, as an example, young Brian, he, um, He's just like farm boy strong. Like his dad gotcha. works, uh, they uh, work the racehorses. And so since he was like, you know, 12, dad's just, you know, said to Brian, you know, oh, like grab that pick it up hay bale yeah, and, yeah. and take it over there and brian just has no concept of what's heavy or not and just goes okay and just Sweet. Yeah. pick it up and so now he's just farm boy strong you know he's like he's like 70 kilos ringing wet yeah and he's just a real uh you know real skinny young lad and i think at the last competition he pulled like 132 kilos yeah, wow. deadlift yeah um you know which would snap the average you know in the 60s yeah exactly you know, male and he just he just got no concept he's just like oh well how much is 130 you know how do you ex- how do you yeah. explain that to exactly someone? how much is 130 it's like well it's five kilos more than 125 of the last one he's like so bigger yeah it's like ah oh, sick yeah <laughs> you'll be fine brother yeah yeah that's it but i can sit there and i can talk to him about like you know uh, he might not have the communication in terms of his coordination sometimes when i say uh, you know hey mate you know move your feet apart mm. he will have to tap his leg and i'll have to give him palpation and make sure he feels where to go and then we'll move his leg and then he's good to go mm. and you know like the idea of hey have your head up and you'll kind of go turn to the side gotcha like, no 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 come on bring this in up here and is that repetition but over the course of time he then gets to the spot where he's like oh this is what feels normal okay cool go. yeah yeah muscle memory yeah. yeah 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 and so that's that's you know kind of the pathway you have to take with with uh you know young bride but he works super hard and he's super strong and mm. you know it's it's really satisfying when everything pays off and he's you know he's not injured he's not anything like that and you know obviously touch wood yeah um because over the course of time we've just repeat 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 until yeah. he's you know in that right groove and then yeah yeah for sure well so like I can only assume like just speaking from my experience I can only assume how different every hour of your day is knowing like how different every hour of my day is Mm. is the fact that uh you know everyone has a different learning um style yes is it more amplified doing what you do like we could take that example where it's like cool turn your feet out Mm. and then you've got to actually either manually do it or touch or whatever the case may be yeah is that amplified in every hour of your day? Like everyone has, you've got to work out everyone's different learning style and work out what clicks with them. Or yeah. can you kind of, do you kind of get the, all right, this is a, across the board. This will, this is what kind of works. I don't really think I have anything that works across the board. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never really thought about it like that because like my day, I just kind of get in and just, go i don't really analyze yeah 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 as like a comparative because each one of the cases is completely unique Mm. um you know like 
Um, you know, we could even take um, we could take Brian and Talitha mm-hmm. for example, and I could say, "Hey, raise up your raise up your left hand," and Talitha will go, "Boom!" Yeah. And if I said raise your left hand to Brian, he would take a fifty-fifty flip a coin. Gotcha. Raise one up. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you know, like like Talitha is now lifting a, a three kilo ball while she walks, mm. and Brian's deadlifting one thirty-two. Yeah. So like. Apples and oranges. Yeah, dude. It's yeah. Comparing is really, really hard. Mm. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, if they're a kinesthetic learner, um, if they are a uh, uh, auditory learner, you know, if they're visual, mm. whatever the case. Generally speaking, I give all three. Yeah. So in every bit, I give. You know, and as a coach, you kind of pick out like you know what they're good at and what they're bad at, and, For sure. and you know you can kind of remedy all those. Um, but yeah, I pretty much pick out. I, I do all three for pretty much everything I teach. That's mm. probably blanket across the board. Yeah. But what they really learn from properly when we're going through the repetition thing is I'll funnel out what is good, what is bad for them, and then we work on the stuff that really makes a, yeah. make them click. And, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and then they get into it. So I've never really thought about that. That's actually a really good Mate, question. that's what yeah. this is the podcast. I like that. About. I like that, man. You're good. Uh the approach to every session, like let's let's stick on that theme for a second. So people, everyone has different learning styles. Mm-hmm. Do you, let's so I'll mate with the vertigo. You obviously know how to yep. tailor specifically. Okay, this kind of sets him off, or, or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Is it hard to juggle in a commercial gym environment? Sometimes, like, is it a little bit mm. overwhelming for certain cases, or can you kind of not distract is the wrong word, but can you kind of entertain? the person for the moment so they're engaged with you or um i i don't think i distract them i think i'm more just a safety blanket yeah gotcha um but like um you know for example young alex with the the vertigo and stuff Mm. um it's more just like the encouragement of like it's okay you're gonna be all right come on come with me um but in terms of like the commercial gym environment I think I'm very lucky, and this might be controversial to a yep. lot of people that dislike them, hmm. but I think I'm very, very lucky that I work at Good Life. Okay. And more because my management structure and my um, my team, I, I get to see every day, you know, and like, you know, I'm a rental trainer. Like, hmm. no one here has to interact with me whatsoever in any capacity um, in order for me to operate my business and, um, you know, for me to keep paying them rent. They don't actually, they owe me nothing aside from making sure that door's open and all the equipment is all sorted and everything. Yeah. So that they sort the gym floor stuff and I sort the client stuff. That's pretty much how it works. Mm. Um, but because I've done this for so long, and I think the social media stuff really does help, but because I've done it for so long, um, I think the safety blanket of knowing that all the other trainers here all the reception team all the management team here they all support it so so much Mm. that the athletes feel comfortable you know like uh, we had young talia came in this morning and she came in and uh i had a quick phone call um before i was in with her but she decided to you know she was going to try and hide from me and she thought it was funny but as she came through the food court she ran into young sam so she he posted up a little story of like oh talia's 
going to be late for the session. Mm. Then she came upstairs, started talking to the two receptionists because now she's friends with Brooke yep. and she's friends with, uh, made friends with the new receptionist as well. And then as we've walked out to the gym floor, the fitness director, oh, the old assistant fitness director from here, Britt, was on the gym floor. She goes, oh, Britt's here. And Britt stops by to come say hello. And all yeah. that. you know, so like everyone is just this big kind of family. They all love to interact with all the athletes. And, mm. and so I think that makes them all feel very, very comfortable. We don't have the you know snooty people that are just like oh it's someone with special needs i don't know how to interact with them so i'm just gonna like yep. you know like i'm just gonna stay away from it or whatever yeah. the case um and i think because i've done it for so long as well and i like to think i'm not an asshole mm. um a lot of the gym members kind of see oh mikey's with a kid and you know so like oh we just you know give them a bit of a wider berth or yeah. you know like you know we just be a little more cautious um a, a fun little side story of the shirts we've got mm. I've got a bright blue and a bright pink. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, oh, I don't have one on me. But, um, you know, I've got those shirts that I give out to all of our athletes. Over the course of time, they all get a shirt. And, you know, mm. it's got a name on the back and things like that. Yeah, cool. The initial function of that was actually giving the athletes a high visibility shirt so that they would be seen inside the gym gotcha. to be safe. Yep. Um, and it's just over time, this just became our token colors. So yep. we roll into a competition and we go, ah, oh, it's one of Mikey's yep. guys. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and the visibility of that has really helped that out because as soon as they see that they've got the blue strong shirt on mm. or the pink strong shirt, they kind of like, you know, it's it's a lot more visible. Most people come in the gym wearing black. Yep, you sure. Know? So, yep. you know, it's the sweaty color or, or they wear white or stuff. It's a very unique color. Mm. And so that kind of, a lot of people just kind of associate that with, oh, like, you know, give a bit of a wider berth. You know, it was just, it only came around one day because I was walking with Talitha and I think someone walked past and they were very, very close to bumping into her. They're going, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. I thought, oh, it's like I need to give her a high vis shirt or something. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah I could do a shirt. Do, do they <laughs> kind of yeah. see it as like uh, they're part of the team? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it is now. Like, yeah. it basically just serves as a big team show. You know, most, almost all the guys that come in, they're all wearing one of their shirts. And, you know, if they've been with me for a little bit, like uh, every competition they came to, we've been giving them a shirt. Yep. So, you know, some of them have five or six shirts. And, yeah, and cool. they've got their, you know, personalized, they're all personalized with their own name on the back and stuff. So they feel like, ah, oh, you know, part, of the, part yeah. of the team and everyone's got the same shirt on. So they like the feeling of the yep. comfort. And yeah, so it's quite cool um, that it all worked out that way. Um, but yeah, the initial story was to just make sure that they felt... I could provide the comfort to them because everyone else knew what was going on and mm. could really give us that wide berth. But I, I think I'm also that annoying trainer as well where I just get away with like everything. I'm wrestling the kids. I'm like, I'm arm wrestling or like, you know, full on like, you know, they're trying to like, uh, Emily tried hip tossing me yep. out here last week and I had to like, oh, put the brakes on, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, cause they all just love, you know, being interactive and funny. I'm like the annoying big brother to yep. all of them. Gotcha. And so, you know, that's the kind of, uh, interaction level that we're all at, which is really nice. Mm. Um, and uh, and so you know, but like, <laughs> I'll be you know I'll be piggybacking you know some of the athletes around the gym, you know, and they'll be like, I'm oh, like, yeah, just cheering. And now, like when it first started, obviously everyone was like, oh, this is what? really really odd. Yeah. And now I'll just like piggyback past, and you know, um, I think it was uh, it was actually just yesterday I was piggybacking one of the guys, Alex, and I was walking around the gym. And he's like, yay! And one of the trainers just walked past. He was talking to. <laughs> 
uh, she was talking to her client yeah. and as they went past she just high-fived him and yeah cool. going, you know there's, there's the norm no yeah. it's completely normal now yeah. you know uh, mikey's on the floor we'll just step over him while the arm wrestles and yeah. we keep going you know okay so, so now for a deadlift what we're gonna, yeah. yeah yeah that's right yeah, yeah and there was just like there it's just completely sign blind like it's just yeah. purely normal but if any of the other coaches in here piggyback their client everyone will be like what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you that's, that's odd. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a thing we're trying out. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really um it's really cool. I, I think um everyone's very, very soft and everyone everyone's very polite and, and very um giving when it comes to trying to make sure everyone feels welcome and mm. you know, coming back to your question, they feel comfortable when they're they're inside the gym now yeah. because when they come in it's big friendly faces and everyone's waving and saying hi and introducing themselves. Being human. Yeah, that's it. But I mean, you know, like for the average gym goer, they probably don't actually get that as much. Yeah, for sure. You know, like they get a bit of a specialized treatment. Yeah. Um and it's needed, um, for sure. But um, you know, the uh, uh, a lot of the people around the gym they just they just boost up they're all you know they're already good customer service to be even better mm. and and that's what makes everyone feel really really comfortable so yeah cool yeah. man um take me into the world of the powerlifting mm. in regards to prepping your your athletes for powerlifting comps and mm-hmm. well first of all how did that come about was that just you've combined training that you enjoy with your clients or how, how, did, how did that even start um yeah well i mean i had a few of the athletes that were coming through uh that i was looking after i was like i want to need them to be stronger for their Mm. day-to-day and you know like some of them you know like big geordie works in warehousing or he used to you know move a lot of boxes and things and and you know uh dom carries a lot of trays he was doing work at the hospital and things so like i was like oh well like they need to be stronger so should probably get him benching and deadlifting yeah makes sense and leg pressing and things yep. like that and then i had a bunch of them that were you know getting quite strong and then one of the uh parents so young cas bonomo her mum tracy mm. i was sitting in on a session with her and mum goes oh we went to world championships like two years prior to when this was back in 2017 she's like oh you know we went to this thing and it was great and in florida they had special olympic powerlifting and i just went they have a competition for that. Yeah, and cool. I looked up numbers really quick and, and young Brian actually at the time, uh, if he was at that competition, he would have podiumed. Wow. And I was just like, huh. Here we go. That, that, this could be cool. Yeah. Um, and so I contacted Special O just saying, hey, look, like, you know, I want to get my athletes involved in, in Special O powerlifting. Mm. What do I have to do? And we pretty much just got shut down. Not not in a negative way, but they just said, look, it doesn't exist here. Mm. There's uh, nothing really going on. As in, um, like, from, like, yeah, Australia? Inside Australia, yeah, it doesn't gotcha. exist. So it's massive in the States, um, you know, big in Europe. They've even got New Zealand. Yep. And there's just no Special O powerlifting in Australia. And so uh, at the time. And so I was like, oh, like, you know, what we have to do? And they're kind of like, oh, well, look, you know, it requires, you know, having, you know, like a, a few people and stuff if you want to actually get an Australian. Ju- so I basically just said, look, can we get Brian to, how do I get him to go to, um, so last year they held the world titles in Abu Dhabi in yep. uh, Dubai. And I uh, just said, look, how do I get him an Australian jacket? Like, how do I get him to go with the team? What do I have to do? Like, does he have a qualifying number and stuff? And they said, look, you actually have to have an infrastructure where everyone has to compete against each other. So a minimum of three states, I think it was, have to all compete against each other at an Australian title. And then anyone who receives a gold medal goes into a ballot in order to get drawn out and they get to go to Worlds. What? So, um, yeah, well, b- because if you don't have competition, it's just like, oh, you could just send anyone. Yeah, gotcha. You know what I mean? So there has to be at least like a minor standard mm. for everyone to ladder through. So that made sense. And I said, okay, well, like, cool ass. I'll just, 
I literally just said, I'll just start my own federation. Like, how hard could that be? Yeah. And that was just horrendous. Like, that was a silly decision. <laughs> um, but uh, I decided to just run my own meet first to yep. see if that would work. And, and so I ran the first Flying Kiwi Cup. So that was uh, September 2018. Yep. And, uh, and we ran that, and that went you know, brilliantly. Um, and, you know, we, I think we had 13 athletes and it was this big day of, you know, like lifting and things out of Valhalla and mm. Northside. And, um, yeah, it went really, really well. And then after that, my social just like went and just exploded. And there was just more and more people that were asking about it and wanted to get involved. And so um, I think we had, uh, we had a few people missing at the sanction meet a couple of weeks ago and uh, we had a team of 15 yeah okay and i probably could have taken another six or seven at least yeah cool um so the flying kiwi cup is like a novice event basically just means anyone can enter there's no real rules Mm. uh it's just like you know if you pick up the weight we're happy yeah push the weight we're happy um and uh in order for them to qualify for special olympics they need to do like a um they need to do a sanctioned meet so basically it just runs by the rules of the ipf Mm. so international powerlifting federation have an agreement with um special olympics international and basically it just says that um ipf run the platform that happens at special olympics gotcha. and so if that's the case you need to have your lifters lifting by the ipf rule book uh so we had to just start that so we started um some work with the australian powerlifting union that stuff just allowed the athletes to um kind of like rank not internationally but mm. actually be on the register of like oh these are real athletes they are competing in a sanctioned event like this all exists da, 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 da. and so yeah so we've had a few have all competed in those now so the flying kiwi cup is like the novice one that we kind of try and suck in as many people as we can to try and get them all lifting and, and you know feel what a competition feels like the next step up is like a sanctioned meet um which is where they have to um you know they wear a soft suit and they have to do all that sort of stuff yep. bench press deadlift to three referees giving them the okay that they've mm. lifted well and then um yeah so there's a local level a state level for the APU and a national level. And last year we had six athletes go to the national That's competition. Cool. So that That's was cool. all over in Perth at Ruchi's gym. So that was an incredible gym. They run such a brilliant mm. uh, uh, meet over there. It's the best one I've ever been to in my life. Um, and uh, they got to compete there. And then once we competed at the APU nationals, it was like, oh, wow, like this seems semi-doable to get you know athletes to the Special Olympic Worlds. And uh, so at yeah, the next local event, which is the one we had a couple of weeks back, um, you know, we they have to compete in a local comp first to make it to states. So we've gone from six athletes competing in Perth to yeah, fifteen plus another three with me this weekend. So That's cool, like, man. Hopefully next, you know, next time we go over to Perth, it's not just the Queensland lifters. Mm. There's actually New South Wales and and you know uh, Adelaide. Um, yeah. Sorry, South Australia. Um, and all that sort of stuff all competing together because that's what has the states all compete against each other, which yep. is what helps election for um, World Games, which is uh, Berlin in 2023. Oh, wow. So if we get to go there, that'd be awesome. But it's just a case of, um, you know, if it's going to be viable for the athletes. Yeah, of really. course. It's a, it's a long way to go. It's, um, you know, costs a lot of money. So, mm. you know, we try and do everything we can to donate and things. But, um, you know, there's there's a lot of paperwork to do for that and things and um, i can only imagine the hoops that you need to jump through yeah there's one or two one or two and i think the frustrating thing with um special olympic worlds is if you go over there so for example if we've got 20 athletes competing Mm. and they all worked really really hard over the course of however much time they get to you know they get to their nationals and they compete at the australian national special olympics 
um, and they all get a. For example, there's there's enough categories. There's like sixty something categories because you've got junior, open, and masters lifters, and then you've got male and female divisions. So there's twelve, and then inside each of those divisions, you've got like eleven weight divisions. Wow. So like you know, there's there's you know theoretically, however you know sixty, eighty, whatever it is, mm. divisions that could all win a gold medal. Yeah. And then you got single lift and you got two lift and yeah, yeah. So well, um, they could all get a gold medal, but if every single country that had a Special Olympic team sent their 20 athletes, then the powerlifting meet would run for nine days. Yeah. And that just can't happen. So you can only have two or three would probably go to actually represent the country, which means that we could have all 20 of our guys work super hard and the actual feeling they get of like being a part of a team would pretty much be taken away from them mm. if they went all the way to Worlds because they aren't with their friends anymore. Yeah, They're gotcha. just kind of lifting on a platform. They would probably have more fun lifting in Brisbane with us. Yeah. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. A World Titles is a World Titles, and that would be an incredible experience. But you know, they, there's physically just not the capacity to take mm. a whole team, you know, which is kind of rough. Is it a ever-evolving, not industry is the wrong word, but is it an ever, ever-evolving competition governing body you know what i mean when it comes to like the powerlifting are they still kind of not ironing out kinks but are they still evolving like the behind the scenes stuff or have they got a pretty this is how it's happening here's uh, how it plays out i think i think they've pretty much got it sorted yeah um just because uh, as far as i'm aware i think they've held powerlifting for a couple of worlds mm. world special o's now um that's pretty well like set now but mm. like even still you know the world games goes for f- i think it's five days special mm. olympic world games goes for five days you know even then i don't think they could run a meet with that many people yeah you know so like even if it evolved that they could run you know maybe two platforms at a time it's a lot know, of that, bodies man that, that might be a, a way to do it but yeah. even still that's there's a lot of organization that would go into that and like you know, not every country can send five athletes, mm. 10 athletes, because I think a lot of it gets funded by Special Olympics. So you have to do kind of like this um, fundraising and all that sort of yep. thing, as far as I'm aware, to help, uh, you know, pay into, into X amount. You've got to pay X amount of dollars to, to get there and stuff like that, which some parents just, honestly, they just don't have. Yeah, of course. You know, and so like if they don't have that coin, they're just not going to go. So like if, if the Australians sent 20 and every other country sent two, you know, like it's almost this unfair advantage on the Australian with the Australian team. Yeah, okay. So there, uh, there's probably limitations that I haven't seen from my end because there's much bigger powers that be that mm. decide all that. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, that was kind of going to be my next question. Like, do you think it would be better going right? The top three lifters from every nominated country goes, or do you think it should be like right? Here is the buy-in weight for like everyone competes at like the ent- the the you know international comps or whatever mm. and um here's what the results have to be to enter also like a qualifying total exactly yeah yeah well, what do you think would work better like because you could have a situation where there's t- 20 people in the australian team because they've all done yeah like, exceptional and one from england yeah that's right you know you, yeah yeah what do you think would work better from a well, inside Special Olympics, it also comes down to ability level. So, yeah. you know, you have some athletes that just don't have the cognitive capacity to compete at the same level as some of the others. Uh, I think at one stage, the uh, number one um, tennis champion of Special Olympics mm-hmm. for Australia um, was just like, had like, you know, mild 
<coughs> oh, bless you. Excuse me. Thank you. Um, I think he just had kind of like a mild autism, you know, mm. like a slight, uh, you yeah, know, like issues okay. with social stuff. Um, and his job was a, he was a full time tennis coach. Yeah. You know, so like you compare him to some of the other athletes that are competing, like that's not really fair. So mm. they um, they level out four different ability levels, I believe, is the, is the case. Mm. Um, and so if it was done purely on merit of how hard they work, then you wouldn't really have. Um, you know, you'd be missing a big, broad scope of what the Special Olympics is about. Which yeah, is I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Mm. Which, and, you know, like, it's, it's a really uh, politically correct world where sometimes hard work isn't actually as well recognized and rewarded. Mm. Not in a bad way. It's just because, for example, young Brian's version of hard work would be very different to Talitha's level of hard work. Yep. Gotcha. You know, Talitha picking up that ball, like we still haven't got her able to pick up that ball by herself mm. off the floor. Yeah, that's a three kilo ball. Big Bry, you know, he, if there's a girl around, I could probably stack one forty on. Yeah, he's he's a lad. <laughs> you know, so like as a as a comparison, the level of um, uh, the level of effort is relative. Yeah, is it? You know. Like if yeah, if we if we went down that path of right, here's the buy-in weight. Do you mm-hmm. think it would just end up with people who are on the the bottom end of the disability spectrum mm. kind of thing? Yeah, everyone would be up in arms. Yeah, be like well, we can't make that. Yeah, you know what do you expect us to do? Gotcha. And but what is the Olympic? You know, this is a it's a really politically correct conversation because yeah, what okay. is the Olympics? The yeah. Olympics is meant to be the tippy top of everyone. Yep. But the idea of the Special Olympics is meant to be the inclusivity. Mm. And I think that's why they do the random draw. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not against being inclusive. Like, yeah. I think that's brilliant. That's exactly what the Flying Kiwi Cup is. Mm. We don't care what you're lifting. If you stand there with a broomstick and lock it out, I'm a happy man. Tick. You've got the big applause from the entire crowd, like, laughing. Yeah. Um, and Special Olympics is kind of the same, whereby, uh, yes, there's gold medals awarded and mm. all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Um, but... By doing a random draw, it makes sure that everyone's included. And if you're lucky, you get to go for sure. But at the other side of the coin, the ones that work really, really hard could get outdone purely by random dice roll Mm. and not get to go. You know, I've got Emily sees me four times a week. Mm. She benches more than most females I know. And, you know, she pulled, I think she benched 60 and like, um, you know, deadlift at like 110 or something like wow. that um and you know that's a that's a girl with special needs let alone the average female in here you mm. know what i mean so if she's training four days a week for the next three years and it comes all the way up to special olympic selection and the name drawn out of the hat is actually um you know jessica bloggs mm. who uh you know she uh bench presses 30 and she deadlifts 60 yeah um but and she trains once a week. She sometimes comes to the gym, but she's registered with Special O. She gets to go. Inclusive. Now there's that. Well, yeah, there's that thing of like, well, was that unfair because uh, Emily worked harder, mm. or is it unfair because naturally Emily is just a better lifter? Yeah. Then, you know, and so there's all these different questions, and you can you can never have a right answer. Yeah. You oh, could man. never have a right answer. I could. I was like, for you setting up powerlifting comps for these for your athletes. I can only imagine the rabbit holes you go down like, cool, this is how we're going to play it out. This is how we're going to plan it, boom, boom, boom. Oh, then we've got to think about this. And then it completely oh, changes the whole <laughs> setup. And it's like, oh, shit, now I gotta, what if we did this? And it completely changes the whole setup again. Yeah, like, yeah. what's the line between, right, it is a competition, mm. and then 
you know, cool, everyone's in having a go. Yeah. I, I think the best way we've kind of managed to not necessarily navigate that, but all I've done is just when we sit in, it's just we start the competition. Mm. Everyone lifts. At the end of the day, we have our top three female lifters and our top three male lifters. It's done by a power-to-weight ratio like IPF formula or whatever the case. Um, so, you know, not necessarily the biggest weight, but it's going to be the best power-to-weight ratio. Yep. As in body weight comparison? Yeah, body yep. weight comparison. Yep. So, like, you know, if you're 60 kilos and you lift 100 versus you're 90 kilos and you lift 110, you're probably actually, as a percentage, you're lifting more as a 60 kilo yep. lifter. Um, and so... We operate it like that with our top threes, and then after that, like they all. Oh, so first up, sorry, before we give those ones, everyone obviously lifts, and then everyone gets a participation trophy. Everyone just gets to step up. Everyone yep. gets their their time on the platform, their yeah, applause, cool. their little trophy, their little handshake, and their photo and things like that. Mm. Because I love to give that because it puts a big smile on their face. And then some just get more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So course. I think that's the only real way I've been able to navigate it. Um, it was unintentional at first. I just thought everyone should get a trophy for coming. They mm. get a t-shirt and they get a trophy. Like I'm happy as. And then it was kind of. In the days leading up, I was like, oh, actually, we cover everyone here. This is good. Let's make sure it's a bit more of a thing. So, like, I think the first time my housemate, um, Jamie and Ben, they've got um, they've got a little dog, mm. um, Dexter. Yep. So, Dexter came up on the stage, and Dexter's shaking the, yeah, cool. the kid's hand. So, they kind of, like, walk up, oh, it's a doggy, you know, yeah, so yeah. they're feeling really comfortable and stuff. Yep. And uh, he kind of made it a big thing of, like, here you go, like, yep. you know. Uh, so, that was – I think that was a very um, – politically correct way to make sure everyone felt involved but we could also reward those who had worked really hard and mm. were the genetically gifted lifters and the the hard-working lifters yeah and that's cool doing it local mm. put that on an international scale yeah and like then you, you start throwing around corporate terms like money and, yep. and investment right. and yep. insurance and mm. all that kind of shit yeah so that's it you know i can only imagine getting it more and more complicated the higher up the chain mm. you go yeah for sure. And, and yeah, there's a lot of, there'd be a lot of hoops to jump through. There's a lot of um, classifications and, mm. and, you know, like um, I don't coordinate uh, special powerlifting uh, anymore. And um, in, in the, the ideas of trying to operate that sort of a scale, mm. as much as it excites me, oh, it scares the bejeebies oh, out right. of me, man. It would be so, so hard. Like even just creating a ranking system. Yeah. You create a ranking system that uh, so you have a male lifter and a female lifter and then inside each of the male and female you have uh, juniors opens masters one masters two masters three and i think there's a masters four um inside each of those and then inside each of those you've got your like 50 your 48 kilo 52 kilo 56 or 57 kilo 62 69 75 83 92 for females, it's 92 plus, and then men's is like 100, 110, mm. Like, And that's inside each of those. So you, you're talking this exponential thing. There's physically not even enough data available yeah. for you to even try and just have like three inside each of those to say like this is A grade, B grade, C grade. Like yep. That doesn't even exist yet. Mm. So like I could not even imagine what they're going to have to go through to try and create all that. I'm glad it's not something I'm going to have to do. Yeah. I just want to be able to roll up my lifters, make sure they've all got a big grin on their face and they you know lock out a deadlift. You know, For sure. like, It'd be such a difficult job. 
and such a difficult job. You could put all the time and effort into it and making it perfect, and one person will ask a question, and you'll go, and you'll be like, I didn't even think of that. Damn it! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got no chance. Oh, yeah. damn it, man. So here we are. We're talking about Special Olympics, and you talking about getting your guys like your athletes prepped and getting mm. a chance to be in the Special Olympics, which is fucking unreal. Like, yeah. that's so cool. Do you have an end goal? For yourself in what you're doing or are you just happy ticking it off week to week then like cool i'm gonna try that and just evolving naturally um man it's just been the evolving naturally i mean like uh, i think like about a year or so ago we did have the goal of just get everyone we possibly can to yeah. the world Games. so once we found out that there was a world games i was like hot damn yeah, everyone's a- doing deadlifts <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah let's go uh and you know suddenly everyone had a deadlift pb you know what i mean um yeah. but the so the goal has always been like a world um, yeah. in, in understanding more and more in recent times. Um, so like I've got a kind of a small crew. We run like a, a bit of a thing um, trying to like donate money back into, mm. you know, some of the kids um, being looked after. And in good chats with them, I think we've kind of realized that uh, as much as Special Olympics is hugely great, we don't want anyone to feel like they're left out by a random dice roll. Mm. So uh, we're wondering if maybe instead of just, and, and exactly as you said, it kind of evolves over time and grows we're thinking maybe like obviously have huge emphasis on trying to do as much as we can with special olympics Mm. um but there's also the other side of attempting to go through the ipf and going to their world title so instead of being actually held at the world uh the world special olympic games which is um yeah in germany in 2023 um and doing the whole qualification process all the way up through Australia, which may not even exist by the time we get to Berlin, yep. which means that we can't compete there because we've got to have three states all competing. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Um, but instead of just having three out of our 20, three out of our 30, 40, whatever, getting to go, um, if we go via the APU route, the IPF route, so Australian Powerlifting Union or the International Powerlifting Federation, they have a world titles every year. And if you make your qualifying weights you are able to go and compete there. Yeah, cool. So it could be that we actually go with the Australian Powerlifting Union, like the, I think it'd technically be the Australian IPF team Mm. to say the world championships, the world team championships, then all of our athletes compete in the world championships and earn a point. So if they come say first in their division, if they've got someone against them, mm. then they get three points yep. for the Australian team. And at the end, and this is, you know, it's open lifters, it's, you know, masters, it's yep. everything special Olympics and, uh, or special, special needs lifters. I think they'd be classified because special Olympic is like a, trademark is an actual thing. trademark yeah. term. Um, and so they'd be competing at the worlds or whatever. They would be under, the Australian team and the Australian team earn points due to them. So the more people you actually take to worlds, the better. So as long as you make a qualifying total, Mm. you can actually go. So it might actually be that we maybe aim for something along those lines, you know, like, um, man, next year, like I've never been to South Africa. Like that'd be cool. You know, like, um, I think another one's like Finland or something like that, Mm. you know? So like they've got great locations that we can travel worldwide to as well. Yeah. But, um, we just need to listen to our people listen yeah. to the parents and things like that and see what they believe they'd like to do. But I think currently in terms of a inclusivity point of view and having our team still together, yeah. because that's a big thing that they could all lift at the flying Kiwi cup twice a year. 
and be happy. Yeah. They would be stoked. They would love to just be hanging out and, mm. and you know, being, they're lifting with all their friends. They get a big applause. They don't really care where the platform is. Yeah. As long as they're there, they feel like they're on top of the world, happy as. Yeah. Them going to a world titles would still be the same feeling. Some of them wouldn't even really understand the grandeur of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and so as long as they feel comfortable, hey, cool. But, you know, the parents love to come along for a ride too, yep. you know, and then, you know, Perth was great, you know, had a couple of beers afterwards and mm. things and, and that felt awesome because it, you felt like there was that next level of competition. Definitely. But you also got to ask yourself, like, how much do the athletes feel that? If yeah, they don't okay. really feel the next level of competition, then, hey, look, you know, there's probably no, like, there is a point to it because yeah. they can be able to say, oh, I went to world titles and everyone be like, wow, that's like, you know, that's yeah. amazing. Uh, but if they don't really get that feeling, they don't understand, they're just on the platform to have a giggle, then there is nothing wrong with them just competing inside the Flying Kiwi Cup or whatever the case. Mm. You know, they want to feel like they're on top of the world. They could feel that in Brisbane yep. as well as Finland. Yeah. You know, do the you, exact same. Do you feel like, just follow-on question from that, do you feel like for you there's an internal, not struggle, but monologue where like, okay, let's take Brian and it's like, right, he could really, really, really do well do I go, hey, let's really have a crack at this? Or do you go, cool, if you're happy, I'm happy? Oh, dude, if they're happy, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, like, um, putting, like, the the big um, goals for myself mm. before the goals for the kids would just never work out happy yeah. for anyone, I think. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, a young Brian, as well as his parents, they're all, like, yeah, world titles, like, let's go. Let's do like, it. They yeah. are happy as, they're, they're stoked for it at the same time. But if Brian just flatly said, no, nah, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I want to stay in Brisbane. Yeah. Then myself, I'd be like, dude, 100%. Cool. That's cool. If you really don't want to do it, man, we're not going to take you if you get stage fright. He never gets stage fright. Yeah. He loves having attention, loves the girls, everything. Like, powerlifting girls are his <laughs> jam, right? Um, and, uh, you know, and mum and dad straight away would be like, all right, no worries, bro. Yeah, let's let's do something else. You know, yeah. and th- so they're fine as long as he is kind of working towards something. They're happy, mm. and that's the same with almost every parent. As long as they're working towards something, or there's some sort of goal, something tangible. The great thing with uh, personal training and powerlifting is like you have this tangible number. Mm. You can say when you started with me, your deadlift was forty. Yeah. Now it's four hundred. You've mm. got a you've got a it's number. A measurable, that, yeah. yeah. You've got a distinct measurement of a start and finish. Yeah. And um. And, you know, that's a great way to be able to show improvement mm. and things like that. And, um, you know, some of the athletes, they may not understand, like, you know, oh, like, you know, I've gone up 10%. But they know number is bigger equals good. You know, so. Here's a here's a question for you. I'm excited. Let's say, I'm just going to keep using Brian as an example. Mm-hmm. Let's say he goes, I want to go to Worlds. Or you go, hey, do you want to go to Worlds? And he goes, yes. And you're right. Let's start. Let's start doing it. And mm-hmm. let, let's say he's open-minded the whole way. Mm-hmm. Does that change? Would that not skew? But would that alter your mindset towards it? To go, hey, let's let's really have a crack. If he stays open-minded the whole time, mm-hmm. are you going to go right? Let's get it done. Oh, 100%. Yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. We'd get him there, or, yeah. or do whatever we could yeah. to have him in the best position to qualify mm. as we possibly can. Yeah, cool. without a doubt. Like we, that would be what we'd do. Um, just making sure that he feels um, yeah. as long as we don't push him past any sort of a limit yeah. Uh, then yeah would oh, be, or, be it'd be all time. guns blazing yeah. yeah for sure and I mean like if it got all the way to the point and uh, and he didn't get selected yeah. it would just be sitting down with him and his parents be like 
this is just how the dice roll is gone. And I'd pre-frame it, like, the, yeah. you know, two years before we start. It'd be <laughs> before the drawing. I'd be like, look, this is how it goes. Um, if we get selected, hey, awesome. But we could theoretically work all this time and go nowhere. Mm. And as long as it is blatantly out there, yep. and then I'm happy to work towards whatever. Yeah. And you know, like, and and if that was the case, if I had two or three of them that were like, I want to do Special Olympic Worlds, mm. I'd be like, let's do it. Like, let, let's just train hard, all that sort of thing. And I put it out to everyone and say, hey guys, look, we've got a few that want to go. If you want to join in on this, absolutely. But I'm letting you know now, you're running the risk of not actually being able to do it. Yeah. But the great thing about you know, uh, just constantly striving for the kids to be stronger or the athletes to be stronger and to mm. be better. And, and, you know, they compete in flying Kiwi Cups and stuff is that we've constantly got this measuring stick that as long as they're going up on that measuring stick, they're already training for Success. Special Olympic Worlds. Yeah. You know, like regardless, yeah. we wouldn't change anything about their training process except for six weeks prior to them going, we'd start deloading them in their accessories and we'd start peaking up their primaries, mm. you know, and done yeah you know that that would be the only real change um so they would consistently already be training for that yeah but i could have conversations with them i'd be doing more research into where they'd be going what they'd be doing who would be looking after them yeah so behind the scenes there's more more stuff happening to them it's just cool here's your yeah we're still going to the gym yeah 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 yeah, that's it um and unfortunately um even when you get all the way to that sort of level of like the worlds and all that sort of thing um there's even a chance that I wouldn't get to go with them, yep. which is really rough. Uh, and that's only because you kind of apply as a, as far as I'm aware, this I could be totally wrong, but from what I've been told, if you want to go with a team mm. to Special O Worlds or to an Australian titles or whatever, you actually put in like an application saying, hey, look, here's who I am. Here's my experience. Um, and as a carer and stuff as well, because when they go to a world titles, they actually stay with the team, which mm. means that there needs to be 24-7 carers with them all. Yeah. So you're actually going as not only a coach, but a carer. And if someone has more caring experience than what you have in coaching experience, they could actually be sent instead of yourself. So like, we could get Brian all the way to like Berlin in 2023. And like he flies in with the team and he's got his Aussie jacket on. And he walks out to the platform and he's about to do his first deadlift. And I'm actually like, I've flown like the, the day before and I've landed. I'm sitting in the crowd. I'm like... Brian, keep your head up. Yeah, and like yeah. that'd be all I'd get to do. Yeah, gotcha. So uh, like, Could you know, you, we like, also run that risk. Yeah, that support network or the, like, the security blanket like we spoke about earlier. Mm. You imagine training in all that way and then all of a sudden the security blanket's gone. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That'd be, that'd be rough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd just be calling out his numbers to be like 20% less just so that we all felt comfy. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Um, like that's crazy talking about like how involved and you can hear the passion in your voice talking about a, your athletes, but like taking them, you know, mm. inclusivity, yes, but taking them to that next level. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about you. Okay. Okay, so I want to know what makes you tick, why you do what you do. We've covered the what's in the house. Um, do you ever stop and reflect? Um, when I catch a plane, that seems silly. Yep. When I catch a plane, I try and reflect. I always take like a laptop sit down on the plane, start flying, and I just type. I just yeah. put in my headphones. Um, I've got a couple of like, you know, a couple of hour long soundtracks that I mm. just listen to and I just type. Yep. Type, 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 type. And it'll be like a, sometimes I take myself to a cafe to do it if it's been a while since I've flown. Mm. I don't fly that frequently, but like yep. it's roughly every six months probably. And so, you know, just kind of um, just the big brain download of where am I? What am I doing? How am I feeling? Mm. You know, what doesn't feel great about life right now? What feels pretty good? Mm. What do I want to focus on? What do I need to cut out? 
um, and uh, that generally, by the time I've gotten to the end of that flight, I actually, I have this really, really positive connotation to flying purely because like every time I get off a flight, I'm like, ah, you created that positive relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really cool. So like travel was really, really good for my brain. Yeah. Um, so I try to head to like, you know, I've headed to Melbourne quite frequently. I've done a lot of trips back to New Zealand where I'm from and mm. things like that. And almost every time I'm just on the laptop and just type. So yeah. um, I take that time to download and, and, you know, try and reflect on a little bit, but I do not do it anywhere near near as frequently as what i should yeah nowhere near um you know i've got a couple of really close people in my life um that i i download a lot of my like headspace to Mm. um and you know ideas of stuff and and floating ideas and in the past kind of two years of i've if i've got anything that i'm kind of working on in the background i always try and keep it to myself now and i'm trying to be the the dude that just shows hey look i've done this Mm. uh and here's where we're going rather than the i'm thinking about doing six different things because then you look like the dude that just doesn't commit yeah so i'd rather have say five ideas hone them into maybe two and then really start working on one until it pretty much comes to fruition then we're like hey guys this is what we're doing let's go that was what we did with the flying kiwi cup yep you know um and uh but that takes a lot of reflection it takes a lot of you know those conversations and and you know like does it feel right in my head does it feel like it's you know my north star is you know is going to make the kids happy Mm. you know and if so okay cool right let's let's give it a go you know does it help more kids doesn't make them happy like the two big ones you know what i mean and uh and if it does hey awesome and you know um yeah, it's worked pretty well so far. Yeah, sick. <laughs> do you ever, follow-up question, do you ever stop and think to yourself in, like you may not even have that split second in your sessions, and do you ever stop and think, wow, Joe, whoever, I remember when, like in your head you're going, I remember when you first started and you, yeah. d- you didn't even want to talk to me and now here we are wrestling. Or I remember when you first started and you couldn't stand up by yourself and here we are doing deadlifts. Yeah, for sure. Do you always have that kind of little check-in, like Mm. always think where they've come from kind of thing? Yeah, I I think um, as silly as it sounds, social media is actually really, really good for that because it constantly gives you those, you know, oh, one year ago today, three years ago today. And so they pop up a lot. Mm. Um, But I also think it's good because um it's almost like this online resume for everything i do and so you know um uh as an example talitha is a great example of it is mm. you know like when she first came in you know like we got her standing out of the wheelchair and she's just holding onto my finger yeah um, and you know we started walking and we, so i remember making that post about that thing happening and i remember that experience and that's what i try and put into the post and then when something bigger happens I'm like, oh my goodness, remember when this happened? Yeah. And we go back to it and we're like, oh my God, like that's so cool. Yeah. And so that really kind of reframes my brain back into where we are. And like, wow, like, you know, that's sure. really, really cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very lucky in that respect that I've got that really long standing kind of um, resume of what everyone has done. Mm. And it makes me definitely reflect back and go, oh man, I remember the first, yeah, the first time getting Talitha to cycle. I think we got it to cycle for, it was like two minutes. Yep. I think we actually got her legs moving for two straight minutes. And I was like, wow. Yeah, cool. And then the first time that she cycled a whole kilometer by herself, we're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, hey, Salitha, carry that ball over here. (laughs) You know, and that's a 
big change. Now, for the average person, obviously, carrying a ball over there, they're just like, you know, that's your pre-frame to your warm-up yeah. before you lift. You know, to her, that's the world. Yeah. Um, you know, so, like, I think the scales in my brain, as soon as I associate with each of the athletes and I get into that headspace, mm. my scale changes in every single session of yeah. what's good, what's bad, what's whatever. Yeah. And so that reflection backwards happens heaps. And so when we finally achieve something or we hit a PB or we do whatever the case, I'm like, whoa, like yeah. I hit a big brain. And like, you know, I don't make up anything on social. If I'm like big and cheering on my lifters, that's genuinely like I'm having a blast, man. You yeah, know, like I, sure. I love it. And, yeah. you know, seeing them all progresses is amazing. And yeah, it makes you think back so much. Yeah. So, so much. You're, you're like quite obviously a very positive and very glass half full kind of dude. <laughs> and that, to be. that's how you got to be like yeah, full stop. Sure. If you're glass half empty, things are going to be fucking tough for you. Yeah, man, it's rough. Um, are there challenge, like, um, this is a silly question. Are there challenging times or like, what are the challenging times doing what you do? Like, do you ever, mm. do, are there times where you're hitting your head against a wall or, you know, um, like I, it can't all be you know, rainbows and Skittles, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, look, there's there's been a couple of behavioral issues with a, a few young ones that I've had in the past. Yep. Um, I think I'm lucky that I'm a, uh, you know, I can I can hold myself well in things mm. if, um, if things start going pear-shaped, if I have to, you know, like, it sounds really bad, but, you know, if I have to restrain someone or, mm. or you know, a, a young young one that's having a bit of a go at something, I'm, I have to constantly be on my toes yep. around any of the kids that have behavioral issues if they're around other members of the gym because those members of the gym are just utilizing the gym normally. There's no reason why they should be hurt or Yeah, or of course. You know, I've had chairs thrown at me and I've been punched in the face. I've been punched square in the face by one of the kids <laughs> I've had. You know, so like, you know, they those things definitely happen. Um, in recent times, yeah, there was a, one particular young one that just absolutely laid into me. Mm. Like, it was a full-on body rock about five or six shots yep. while I'm trying to, you know, restrain them and, yep. and you know, whoa, hang on, where's this came from? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, what's it? And, you know, it was just like, it was just a small trigger from like, from wherever it was that day mm. and they just snapped and they was like, that's it. Mikey's the receiver of this. And I'm gotcha. like, oh. yeah. um, you know, and, and that really sets me back because I'm so used to my day being, you know, like, Hey guys, let's sing high five. Yeah. yeah and, cheery. And, and, you yeah. Know, and I've gone like into an MMA arena for a second, mm. you know, so very, very different. Um, but that's the only real time I feel like I'm, I'm banging my head against the wall because I think um, everyone's, speed of progress is different in yeah, of what I do and it is for every almost every client around the planet mm. um, but uh, the speed of progress varies so much for myself um, in terms of every day that I don't ever really feel like I'm going nowhere yeah. as long as you know we try something a little bit different or whatever the case there's very very few times I'm feeling like I'm spinning my wheels mm. so yeah let's take Tuesdays for example where mm. we're back to back and yeah cool we can be playing um, we can re-wrestling and we can be doing all the kind of stuff. Like, it's still 10 hours of work. Yeah. Are you taxed at the end of the day or no. are you you fine? I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah? Yeah, I'm pretty good. What are the, like, what are the times where you can tax yourself? Is it trying to plan your own comp or prepping towards comps or... Um, I think it's only when I... <laughs> it sounds silly. When I try and reply to everyone on social media. Yeah. Um... Like, I mean, it, and, you know, for everyone at home, I was horrific with replying to Matt for, with, for a it. couple of text messages. Yeah. I was I was terrible trying to get back to everyone. Uh, up until last week, it sounds so silly, but I had, I think it really tipped me off. I got up to 103 unread text messages. Mm. And I just went, oh, 
I've just got to do this. And it was like two and a half hours worth of just like responding and trying to keep up with everyone. Where's everyone going and what's this for and blah, blah, blah. Um, And, uh, you know, like it was ages ago, I I counted out how many Instagram messages I had Mm. that I hadn't responded to. And I feel horrendous. I feel so bad when Mm. I don't respond to everyone. But like the... I had to kind of do the math on myself to be like, hey, you need to just like not stop replying, but just like not feel pressured to sure. reply. Um, you know, as an example, uh, quite a while back, I think I we counted, we went through my Instagram inbox for, it was like eight weeks mm. worth of messages. And I had some like 600 um, messages on Instagram, but it mm. replies to stories or whatever the case was, eight to 10 weeks worth of, of um, responses. And so I, I did the math and I was like, all right, cool. If I go through and reply to every single one of those 600 messages, it would take me, um, it would take me like two to three business days, assuming it would take me like one minute to mm. respond to each one or whatever it was. It was, it was something like that we did the math of. And, um, you know, like it would take that long if I just like, you know, sat on the couch and just responded, even if it was like, you know, a couple of days. And um, I think I've got my math completely wrong there. But yeah, we worked out it was going to take a couple of days. Ages. But like, yeah. And yeah. I was getting anywhere from six to 12 new messages a mm. day as well. And obviously this is a while back. And, and I thought, okay, well, if I sit down and I responded to all those people for say three days and got it all out the way, perfectly fine. And I got all the way to day three. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I would go back to my inbox to have a look and not only would I have all 600 of those people or however many it was reply because they're not like an email, they're a chat box. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so every one of those chat boxes either has a response or, you know, like you probably find maybe say yeah, 30, 40% would just be like, thumbs up. Yeah, like so. Yeah, 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 like yeah. it. Cool as. Um, but most of them are like, hey, my young son is 12 and he has autism and he doesn't like sensory stuff but loves heavy things. You know, what can I do? So I'd give them a download, you know, take mm. two, three minutes to try and do something like that. Um, and then all those responses would come back. And then at the end of the, but I would also have three extra days of six to 12 new messages that I would now need to catch up with. So I don't actually, I'm just chasing the dragon. For sure, bro. You know? Yeah. And so I think that's the only time I really get not stressed but i i get a bit of anxiety of like i feel bad because i feel like i'm leaving people behind yeah i'm not getting back to responses and to you know and i've got some people uh, around the planet like i've got some in the uk and in the states and all that sort of stuff and i'll get a response to my stories every day Mm. they comment on almost you know majority of all my posts they respond to heaps of different things and you know if i'm on a podcast or whatever they listen and they send me feedback and and they're like you know they love it you know i've sent them t-shirts and stuff because i feel so i want to give to them and um and i just i just could not get back to everyone yeah um and so i think that's where i really start getting a bit anxious about it is because like social media is a big platform with a lot of people um, and everyone's you, got an opinion. Yeah, everyone's got an opinion. Yeah, for sure. And generally speaking, I'm very lucky that most people have kind of a positive opinion about mm. me. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that hate my guts. Cool as. But nothing um, is fuck them. Uh, oh yeah, I guess so. And um, but I just want to make sure everyone's happy. And I feel bad if I don't respond to someone because I feel like I'm, you know, I'm leaving them on. Yeah, I'm not exactly. leaving them on red, but you know, I'm I'm leaving them in the dark. You yeah, know? Exactly. And, and that feels bad. So I think for a while there, I started just responding with video message. So on Instagram, if you're responding to people, you can send a 60 second reply in video. Otherwise you have to cut it apart. Yeah. 
And so what I would do is if I've seen they've had, uh, you know, if they've uh, responded to a story or they've said something about this or they asked me a question, I hold my camera and I limit myself to two minutes, absolute max, and I just go, blah, 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 and I just respond to their question or yep. like, you know, their, you know, son with Down syndrome that has whatever. But like, look, this is what I've done. This is my experience in the past. Maybe try this and this, you know, love you a long time. Let me know how you go. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're like, yep, sweet ass. Um, you know, thanks so much. And then I just, I flick that away and that kind of ends that conversation, generally speaking. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, you get plenty that, you know, they're like, hey, look, like I'm looking for education. I'm looking for doing a course. I'm looking for this, that, you know, what would I do? So mm. I think that's the only real time I really get stressed about my working day is the admin side. Mm. Yeah. So that, that becomes hard. For sure. <laughs> it's not the front of house, it's the back of house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the actual gym sessions and stuff, man, they're so chilled out. Yeah. They, I've got the best time, you know, inside the gym and inside, um, you know, just getting to interact with all of them um, at, you know, any given stage. I'm, I'm so, so lucky to not have to feel like I'm... Um, you know, not have to feel like I'm, I'm struggling for clients or yeah. anything like that. And I'm not, you know, I don't struggle with, you know, the, the money side of things or anything by, by any means. Um, but the admin side of actually getting back to everyone is something I'm horrendous for. Mm. And sometimes I just come home and I'm not sapped. But if I don't switch my brain off, I fall asleep like with my eyes open like this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, saving I'm the world's problem. About, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm not saving anyone, but. Um, you know, like I've tried forcing myself in recent times, you know, I'll just sit down and I'll play World of Warcraft mm. or I'll, I'll play Halo or I'll play Call of Duty and I'll do that for an hour or two before I go to bed and I'll sleep like a baby. Mm. And it, I definitely need that time because if I'm not normal Michael Adams, then, you know, I'm doing a disservice to some of the kids. For sure. You know, I want to look after them and, and do the best I can. So um, I think this year in real time I get stressed is mm. when I'm trying to respond to everyone and I feel like I'm letting people down. I don't like letting people down at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, I got a couple of million dollar questions for you. Ooh. You, you can name check them or not. What is, if you had to pick one, I'm not saying it is the greatest achievement that you've had so far, mm. but what is one that stands out in your mind as one of your biggest achievements in helping a client? In helping a client? Yeah. Probably, probably getting Talitha up and walking yep. was one of the biggest ones. Um, I also had another young guy, um, his name was Guy, hey. um, with heavy cerebral palsy, mm -hmm. um, feet and hands. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he had a young baby, him and his partner both had cerebral palsy and they had a young baby and, um, the young baby, it's a baby. <laughs> um, but, um, he couldn't maneuver around the house yep. without, um, either using a wheelchair or walking stick or whatever the case. Mm. And so because of that, couldn't carry bubs. Mm. And we worked on him and we, you know, it was kind of building up his confidence and getting him to have a wider stance when he walked and things like that. And we managed to get him up and walking laps of the gym and walking with a weight mm. so that he could carry his own baby. Yep. That was pretty cool. That was that was a really big like oh shit like I actually feel like I'm really doing something here. This yeah. is really cool. Life changing stuff. And um and yeah, so he could carry bobs. So that yeah. was that was cool. He could carry his own kid. Yeah. You know, like carry your own baby around the house is a pretty standard thing. Yeah. So I think he felt very disconnected because he couldn't be the partner, be the dad mm. he wanted to be. You know what I mean? So that was that was 
yeah, they're probably my two biggest. Yeah, cool. Yeah. If we take away where we're at at the moment, let's go back to you wanting to study for your courses. Mm-hmm. Why personal training? Being honest, yep, go for it. when I was leaving high school, we were doing the whole QTAC application thing. Ah, yes. And uh, yeah, coming out of school. Yeah, yeah. I know, that was a while ago, right? And uh, I was out for a walk in Aspley, walking past Aspley McDonald's with my mum. We are out for just an afternoon wander. Mm. And mum just goes, oh, you know, what do you want to do when you leave school? You know, like you've got to do your application thing. And I was like, oh, I really want to do a double degree in Japanese languages and computer programming. Boom. I, I built my own computers before yeah i loved computing and uh, i've already studied japanese for five years and i've been there twice yeah cool loved it loved it and uh you know i, I just assumed japan was going to take over the world pretty much because they're so advanced mm. and uh, mom goes ah oh, yeah that's a good idea i think you'd be a good personal trainer <laughs> and <laughs> i was just like, the other end of the speaking you know yeah. count to 10 and you're yeah. laughing and i was like oh like what's a personal trainer and yeah. i didn't actually know and she goes oh you know like steve the commando on you know like mm. uh biggest loser yeah um it's that it's, you know that guy he's a personal trainer I was mm. like, oh she's like yeah you like sport and you, you seem pretty good with people and you like making friends mm. that'd be pretty cool and i was like oh that that totally be cool and um yeah to to this date i've now ran two workouts with steve the commando that's cool so we ran one on uh, the gold coast with a bunch of my students and mm. we ran another one um at the brisbane fitness expo with them so yeah we cool all his um like you know uh, extra eyes and help yep. him run a workout and stuff like that so that was pretty cool so like i went from you know like oh like that dude on tv to mm. me like standing next to him at a workout i'm like oh wow this is <laughs> this is seeing your head somewhere yeah. yeah yeah this is pretty cool man yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um okay so we got into it, not fell into it, but we were encouraged and it kind of made sense. Mm. Similar question, but moving a little bit deeper, what's your drive? What keeps you going? Um, I think there's consistently a goal for any of the kids. Yep. There's consistently, you know, like the great, the great and terrible thing about powerlifting is that you can always add another kilo to the barbell. Mm-hmm. And so there's constantly this chase of, um, you know, like feeling better and things like that. And, and the other side of the equation is, you know, like, a, you know, helping people walk is, mm. is pretty fun you know i'm not saying i'm a guru at making people walk but uh i like you know uh, i've got young jamie he uh has cerebral palsy as well you know he has to hold on to someone to walk everywhere and in recent times we've gotten him finally able to walk by himself again because he had a big fall and just lost all his confidence mm. and so i just became like a big brother to him when in the side the sessions built up confidence and now he's walking again and able to kick a ball which is really really cool um but doing all that and knowing that oh i've got jamie this afternoon like maybe i could try this with him maybe mm. I could try that that kind of motivates me because when it pulls off you're like yes yeah like it feels so good like yep. that's what we want and uh you know it works brilliantly mm. you know i love that sort of stuff i love being able to help out um wherever i can you know so you realize that's your drive right i guess so yeah, yeah i just like being able to help out yeah 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 and that's i i'm a a big advocate for if you're a personal trainer and that is not your drive, you got to reassess. You, yeah, you got to sure. check yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's funny, like even hearing you talk just then, you're like, yeah, boom, 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 and like giving my reasons and stuff. And you said help like three or four times, and I was yeah. like, yeah, cool, that, there it is. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I guess so. And then yeah. you, you get to the end, and exactly that. I've had a couple of people go, oh yeah, maybe that is, maybe that is my. Maybe drive. it is it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, cool, brother. We are getting at the to the end of the session end of the cool. the uh, podcast now uh last million dollar question before we round out with some advice 
Okay. What is important to you when it comes to your sessions? Every athlete walks out with a smile. Yeah. Cool. If any of the athletes I look after walk out the gym with a big smile on their face, they associate gym equals happy and therefore they want to come back. Sick. Doesn't matter what we do inside inside the se- like inside the session. The ho- this whole game is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Um, if they enjoy coming to the gym, then they're going to enjoy coming long term. They may not want to get off that bike. They don't want to hit the weights. They don't want to do whatever the case it is. Cool. That's right now. Mm. They associate gym equals happy because they're seeing you or they're seeing the other people or they're making friends with the reception team or whatever. If they're happy and you're playing that marathon game over the course of time, there's going to be that one time they kind of like slowly like drop their shoulders and just go, you know what? Like actually let's go to go. Yeah. And they try that new thing. You're winning. Like everyone walking out with a smile, your business will always do well. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. Awesome. Um, All right. To end off the podcast, what I always do with guests is I ask for advice. Now, I'm going to give you scenarios. It could be advice to yourself. It could be advice to it to others okay all right okay um so what advice would you give give to yourself first getting your pt qualifications where you get your pt qualification does matter Mm -hmm. but what matters more is having a better mentor after you get it you can't give what you haven't received so if you haven't like if you haven't received good personal training before if you haven't had a good coach before then you can't the likelihood of you being a good coach is rather low. You yep. need to get like get your PT cert and get a PT if you haven't already had one. Mm. Find those people that are dominating the industry. Find those people that are absolutely killing it, that are doing exactly what you want to do and go be a student of theirs. Go pay them for PT. See them once or twice a week. Do, mm. do all that sort of stuff and learn from the people who are phenomenal at what they do and at what you want to do and go train with them. That's going to teach you... You get all your basic stuff of covering your insurance of like, here's how to not snap someone's uh, spine yeah. inside, a, inside a PT's yeah. you know, cert. Everything after that, it needs to be specific to what you want to learn. Mm. And try new shit too. Like I've done bodybuilding, powerlifting, CrossFit, strongman. Mm. Like, yeah, heaps of stuff. You just got to do some and, yoga, hey? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. Hey, look, I did it twice, thank yeah. you. Uh, and uh, that all kind of funnels into who you are as a person. Mm. So, you know, you surround yourself with great coaches. You become a hybrid of everyone else you've ever interacted with. So that's it. You take the best bits and go, yes, I'm going to do that. We'll hit mm. the table. You take the bits you don't like and go, hmm, probably not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Uh, advice to yourself getting into training special needs athletes. Advice to myself Correct. or for other people? For yourself. First getting into training special needs athletes. Oh. Mm. For myself. Mm. Um. Well, like, what's one thing you wish you like you'd known, or someone go, "Hey, try it this way." Um, stumped you right at the end. Yeah, I. Growing up, my cousin had special needs. Mm-hmm. He's heavily autistic. Yep. And his communication was quite poor. He'd kind of like, you know, stumble through a few words and then kind of, you know, say one thing at the end and then laugh, have a laugh. And you kind of have a laugh with them and things like that. So mm-hmm. when I was growing up, I was just very casual, very patient with anyone with special needs. It never really phased me. Yeah. Meeting people with Down syndrome, autism can sometimes, you know, can take people back and they don't really know what to do and things yep. like that. Um, and so it just taught me a lot of patience. Uh, so I guess I kind of already had that patience but I think my advice to myself would have been 
um, just communicating as much as I can with all of the allied health involved or trying to get the parents more involved with other allied health. Yep. Physio, chiro, hydro, yep. all that stuff. Team and effort. getting them yeah, that's it, getting them involved. Because like I'm not this one stop shop of every bit that's required. Like mm. you know, there's plenty of the of the young ones that could use a chiro, that could use, you know, hydro to get them more, you know, mobile, all that sort of stuff. Like that, you know, use those networks a lot more because mm. back then they came to me and I just kinda of said, Yeah, well, look, I'll help out and look they didn't really have funding, so it was never really something we really chased. Mm. Um now the NDIS is rolled out, it's a lot lot yeah. smoother. But I think that would be a big one I would take on board is making sure that they're looked after yeah. uh, in, in all aspects and understanding that they only see me for one hour of their 168 a week. Yep. Need to make sure that they've got their homework to do as well. Bro, that's like even general pop. Like yeah. if you sign up to a PT, that's not your quote-unquote problems fixed. Mm. It's like if your back is shit, you've got to have your back looked at. Mm. You know, we can help, sure. But there will be a point where it is out of our scope. Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, advice you would give to carers and loved ones of special needs uh, athletes thinking about getting their sons slash daughters into exercising? <sighs> Don't bubble wrap your child. Cool. Let them skin a knee. Let them, you know, like nothing bad, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think the number one thing of all carers parents of anyone with special needs is they love their kids too much yep and they are so fearful of their safety it actually takes away the experience of life and the experience of new things and new experience uh new exercises new things to do it takes all those away because they are so wrapped in bubble wrap that they don't get exposed to that sort of stuff and Mm. that's what actually it's not it's not um it's not the activities outside that actually drive um, any of the people, any people with special needs to just sit in a chair and do nothing all day mm. and then have that short lifespan. It's actually putting them in that chair in the first place is what gives them that short lifespan. Yep. Because they're not doing anything. Mm. They need to get out, do things, experience things, make friends, have a drive for them to get up. But so many parents love their child so much that they don't want them to get exposed to anything because they're scared. Like, genuinely, they're scared. Mm. Absolutely, as you would be. You'd be so fearful. You don't want anything to happen to your beautiful young child. Yeah. But you need to take the the training wheels off a little bit and, and let them do more things. Yeah. And, you know, as a carer... Let, let them try new things even if you know like if you know sensory wise they really don't like things looked off of course there's always going to be things you can avoid but slowly tease them out that comfort zone all the time yeah and you'll be surprised how far they go mm. because they're just like any other regular human usually and i'm not a pro here but usually if they have always been kept in a little safety bubble mm. since they were younger they want that safety bubble more when they're older and it's harder for them to be pulled out. Mm. Whereas if I interact with some of the young ones while they're still at school, they tend to come out of school and they've actually got a much wider breadth of like what they're able to yep. do. They don't, they aren't as reserved as what they used to be. Mm. But if they come out of school in a year or two or five years or whatever, they're really bubble wrapped and really, you know, put in the fishbowl, yep. then they're not going to, it's going to be so, so hard for you to pull them out and get them to do more things and some of that. So get them exposed to more things. Yeah, I cool. I think will probably be the biggest. Uh, advice you would give to General Pop when it comes to interacting with uh, special needs athletes? 
be patient give them a high five yep you'll be fine sick you know like it it seems silly and this is going to be a really controversial statement but like you know you can't um uh like you can't like catch down syndrome yeah you know what i mean like it's not like any of the athletes are um you know anything that you don't want to be nearby like they are super loving amazing human beings Mm. like there is no reason you need a um you know you need to be afraid there's no reason you need to like stay away from them they're gonna be your friend you know like chill out yeah you know they're not they're not gonna hurt you you know I mean, Emily might hurt you <laughs> if you, you know, like look her up the wrong way. She'll hip toss you. Know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She'll, <laughs> she'll throw you one for sure. Uh, finally, advice to special needs guys and girls who want to become special needs athletes. Pick up a bar. Go for it. Yeah. Find, yeah. find someone you feel comfortable with mm-hmm. and try new things. Yep. And start lifting. You'll be surprised how much you can lift. You know, Bam. like it's it's really really simple. It's just find somewhere that's very find somewhere very safe. Find somewhere very inclusive that is happy for you to just have a go. Yep. And then just have a go. Easy. If you want to do it, like, and you're in Brisbane, come find me, and I will put you on a powerlifting platform. And we'll just that's have a fine. go. Yeah. I don't care if your first day you lift twenty. I don't care if the first time you're on the platform you just lift the bar. Yep. Twenty five kilo. Still you, counts. It still counts. That's it. You've st- Started. Mm-hmm. You only go up. Yep. You know, like yeah. just just start. Um, mate, that is the end. We've reached the end. very very end. Uh, there you go. How long have we gone? Uh, just shy of two. My goodness. I know time flies. Longest podcast yet. Ah, so just quickly <coughs> for anyone who's looking to find you on the old Instagram, where are we looking? Yeah, uh, the Flying Kiwi. So the underscore Flying Kiwi. Yep. Um, Flying Kiwi being just one word. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, it's just Flying Kiwi Fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to um, get involved with any of our charity work, obviously it's the same channels. Yep. Um, charity of the Strong Hearts Foundation. Um, and, uh, you know, flick us an email if you need, michael at flyingkiwifitness.com. Sick. And just love to help you out however I can. If I don't get back to you by... Uh, by social media yeah please send me an email yeah the official <laughs> I'm one more likely i'm more likely to get back to you via email than social because yep. the social one pings a lot more and i tend to miss a lot more um it's probably gonna be the easier way to do yep. it yeah sick man from looking at your social if you want to go on and see some inspirational slash fun slash people just having a crack jump on instagram and give it a follow like you can see the passion you can see the big brother you can see the safety blanket you can see the i want to help you can see the drive i do my best too man it's been a pleasure dude thank you so we much we're done shake your hand over top of this i uh, thank you all righty so guys much. that is another ep wrapped up thanks for listening boys and girls so there we have it another episode of the back yourself podcast is in the books um very cool episode uh, i'm assuming a lot of people out there were going to be like me and didn't really know the ins and outs of the realm of disability powerlifting and and weightlifting and things like that so it was a a very cool insight into that world and like i said at the beginning as well you can you can hear the passion and love in his voice and you know he enjoys what he does and you can you can tell a genuine person because you can hear the passion coming through when they talk about people or what they do. Um, cool. That's it. We are done. Uh, like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode of what we do here at Back Yourself Fitness. Like I said at the very beginning as well, 
if you're interested in anything that we offer at Back Yourself Fitness, reach out to us. Support your local business. To get through these times, guys, you know what we got to do. We just got to back ourselves. See ya.